Welcome to this uh, post-Halloween edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is the 1st of November. My good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Travis Crins, joins me as always. Travis, uh, two months left in 2021. Seems like this has been a fast year. This has been a very fast year. Well, Got to be fast compared to 2020, Perhaps. right? Yeah, 2020 was about five years. This one was a quick one. Yeah, it was. Uh, the... It's supposed to be warmer temperatures here, mid-50s later in the week. Uh, that's very un-November-like. Uh, I haven't even seen, like, we might have a chance of snow showers, potentially, middle of November, which will be our first snow of the year. Last year, we already had snow on the ground in October. No snow here on the ground, at least, yet. So it's, uh, we're good with the weeds. It's been, it's been kind of wet, but uh, next week, no rain whatsoever, nope. so... That's so we'll hold off on any wet stuff. It'll be cool and dry to begin the week, and then yeah, weekend, weekend looking good. Yes, it is. Uh, trick or treating? Uh, how many trick or treaters did you get on Halloween? Twenty-five or so. That's not bad. Good number. I think we had more than last year. And last year was really the first time I ever had to do that. So I think we literally had like two pieces of candy left. So it was. So how many really good. how many pieces of candy did you allow each trick or treater to have? I said just pick some, and they, and they, I was surprised at how few they picked. So I'm gonna pick like only two. Like I would pick about five of them up. We were, so they said pick a couple, um, and they picked two or three pieces. So best costume you saw was what? Eh, last year it was the inflatable dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't know. Nothing stuck out. There was something with, like, red eyes. That was kind of scary. We'll go with that. I don't know what it was. But you look out and all you see is these red eyes. So, whatever that was, I don't know. But I'll go with that. We took Noah to a friend of ours, actually from college and stuff. They live in Cold Spring, which is about 20 minutes away. So, we trick-or-treated in their neighborhood. They live along a lake. And um, a decent number of people live there mostly year-round. So uh, they were all like, oh, take two, take three, take four pieces of candy. So he made out with a pretty good haul despite us only going to maybe 20 houses. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, He was a knight, a a crusader, uh, officially. Uh, So he liked the sword. So he he came out good uh, with a good haul of candy. And only one bad piece of candy. I think it was an Almond Joy. Otherwise, top-notch oh. top candy all the way around. Almond Joys, good and plenties. Get them the hell out of here. No one wants them. You take any? I did not take any. No, no oh, candy. Boy. He's a he's a kid with a sweet tooth, so okay. I best not uh, not steal any of that candy unless he doesn't want it. He actually. Um, he actually gave me a sour sucker because uh, wow. we went trunk or treating on Friday night at, at St. Cloud State. They had like you know just some student organizations, uh, you know, candy it and stuff out of your cars and stuff. It sounds a little more uh, like dangerous than it than it really is. Uh, you know, they're dressing wow. up and whatnot. Uh, it's not like hey, come inside my van for the candy. No, you just go up, you, you get it and stuff. So it's a great uh, great time, but. Um, there, he got a sour sucker and he gave it to me. So I had a few licks and stuff. And then I put it down and then I come back later and uh, it's gone. I'm like, well, where's the sucker? And he's like, I ate it. I'm like, what? Why are you licking on that? You little, 
a little bugger sucker? you. So, uh, so yeah, he ate the sucker. Um, so, yeah. So we shared yeah. a sucker, I guess. Um, it was like really a lot of a lot of thing. Like if you wanted to, you could have got a lot of can. Oh yes, yes. Like the trunk of treat, there was one last week. There was one this week. There was the Main Street at something Saturday. I had the normal thing on Halloween. So you could have got a lot of candy if you like, if if you wanted. I don't ever remember trunk or treating being a thing when when we were kids. This seems to be like a relatively new phenomenon but i like it it's a lot a lot easier than uh, actually going out and you, you don't have to walk nearly as far you don't have to drive in it's just like all within this one confined parking lot it's actually relatively nice yeah so for like the little kids where they don't have to go door to door i just go in this parking lot and i noticed like barely any of the kids actually said trick or treat i would open the door and i'd be waiting for them to say something Take some candy, kids. Jesus Christ, did you say something? Yeah, the whole point is say trick or treat and then say happy Halloween. Like, what the hell? Come on, kids. Can't be lazy. You got you got to work for the candy a little bit here. You got to work for the candy. There were a couple people dressed as clowns. They seemed a bit older than you would normally be to be trick or treaters. They seemed over the age limits. Were they uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Cam Dantzler, and uh, Harrison Smith by chance? Maybe they were white, so two of those white guys oh, made. Okay. So Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Harrison Smith. Two of those three, maybe. I gotta Perhaps. tell you, Crins, I, 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 fortunately, fortunately... Dish has removed NBC from, they're in a con- contractual dispute. Whoa. So, that sucks. So, the only way I was able to watch, we I watched the first quarter at, at our friend's house last night, and then we drove home, and I watched the remainder of the game on my phone via the NFL app. But sometimes it would freeze, you'd get behind a little bit on the play, there'd be a delay, so... I wasn't able to like get fully invested in the game like I normally would. And this was a good game not to get fully invested in. And it's more so just reason to say the following. A, the Vikings are done. B, they are an embarrassment. And C, Mike Zimmer is done. He's gonzo. He's got to go. I went to bed at 9.30 last night. I was tired. I didn't, I didn't care. It was boring. It was thirteen to ten. Yes. They can't score points. Yes. It's just bad. And then I woke up and I saw what happened. I'm like, all right, I'm glad I didn't stay up another hour to watch it. So they got they got what they got Baltimore this week. Yep. They got the Chargers. They got the Packers after that. Yep. And then the 49ers. That's tough, but the games are going to be close because it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It's going to be close. It could be. Dallas, backup quarterback, could be Detroit, could be Arizona. It doesn't matter who they play. It's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, just got a clean house. I don't know. It's, you know. This was the I'm, week of... I'm not surprised. I mean, people are... I'm not surprised they lost. Like, all right, they got this backup quarterback. I don't... Like, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton beat them last year. Yeah. Could have beat them, beat them last year. I... I will say like they're just not any. They're just not good. They're all they're, they're in all these games. Mm-hmm. They just I don't know. 
I will say this. There, there are a few things here in this game that I just need to throw out. Uh, one, I think it was on the second possession of the game where Kirk Cousins missed Justin Jefferson barely, and it's because Jefferson stopped a little bit, and Kirk was really pissed off, and rightfully so. If he hits Jefferson in stride, that's a touchdown, it's 14-0, completely changes the way of the game. I think the Vikings win. I think they cruise to victory there if they score that touchdown there. Jefferson, that that's mostly on him for not or for for stopping if even if he makes the catch you they might get a field goal you could get up 10 nothing right away that would help but i think if he gets that in stride that's a touchdown it's 14 nothing then you have uh the miraculous like bashad breeland has this ball I, like i think he was a little stunned that it even hit him but the ball hit him directly he like bats it up with his hand in the air it's just instinctual and somehow Amari Cooper comes down with the catch on the Cowboys final drive of the game if Harrison Smith gets there even a split second a hair a millisecond sooner that's an incomplete pass because he jars that Cooper wouldn't have maintained control of the ball so that would have set up third and ten I think the Vikings end up winning that game or at the bare minimum Force them to get a field goal. Then you get the third and 16, and the Vikings call a timeout, and then Mike Zimmer inexplicably calls another timeout. You move from third and 16 to third and 11 because it's a delay of game penalty. You lose that timeout. The Cowboys convert because the Vikings can't tackle Ezekiel Elliott, and they wind up scoring a touchdown there. So Mike Zimmer blows this game. You have the unfortunate bounce with Amari Cooper and the unfortunate little uh, miscommunication or, or little slowdown there by Justin Jefferson on that play early in the game. Those three plays really define this game and the Vikings season in totality. And let me just say this. This was the week of the backup quarterback because you had Trevor Simeon come in for the Saints and deliver. Mike White for the New York Jets come in and deliver a big win over the Bengals. And you had uh, Cooper Rush come in and make the start for Dak Prescott and get the win over the Vikings. Uh, And so not only is it the weekend of the backup quarterbacks, but it's also the week of the teams that do things that we are so accustomed to seeing them doing time and time again. Oh, the Cardinals are playing against a Packer, like a, a Packers team without their top three wide receivers. This should be an easy win for the Cardinals. Nope, the Packers run it down their throats pretty much all game long. Somehow, A.J. Green doesn't catch a signal with Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals lose a game to the Packers. They should have won 28-24, but it never should have been that close to begin with. The Bengals, everyone's talking about the Bengals, how great the Cincinnati Bengals are. Jamar Chase, wow, rookie of the year, he's crushing it. And they inexplicably lose to the the New York Jets. I know there was a bad call late in that game, but it never should have gotten to that point to begin with. Cincinnati Bengals, lack of focus there. The Chargers, oh, everyone's on the Chargers. Well, they looked, they Charger-esqued their way to a loss against the Patriots. Shouldn't have happened. They're a better team than that. And the Vikings losing to a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. They didn't, lack of urgency, just poor play calling, poor clock management by Zimmer. The, those four teams, the Cardinals, the Vikings, the Bengals, and the, uh, the, the and the Chargers, doing things that we are accustomed to seeing. It's why no fan base should have any faith in these four teams. How does the Jets guy do better than the next Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. He's a he's a so, seasoned veteran, Crimson. He's four years into the league or three years. Fucking veteran, all right. Like, that's ridiculous that he plays like that. It's Mike White. 
And they beat the Bengals, and they've got a fucking rookie quarterback that can't do a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you start Zach Wilson the rest of the year? So you know what, kid? You fucking suck. <laughs> uh, you sit. You sit the rest of this year because you've proven you are not good. Mike White, we'll give you a shot. And maybe you're going to be the quarterback of the near future, not this stupid asshole from BYU. So, I don't know. People are upset. Some at the end of the first half with the clock management. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So It's like 51 well, seconds left. Or, or No, 51. They had some time left, and it was like conservative play calling or whatever. I didn't really catch that part there, but people are pissed off about it because Zimmer's well, very Kirk, conservative. Kirk Cousins says he's basically not allowed to call timeouts. Did you see that quote? I did not, but that wouldn't shock me. They asked him about that, and Kirk's like, well, I just let the coaches on the sideline handle that because he says, I don't know what they want me to do. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't want you calling timeouts either because he's fucking busy with me yet. So, he's been, I don't know. He's been good this year. Uh, Sunday night was not his best night. I'm trying to go, like, how to describe him. Like, he's not a leader at all. He's just a guy. He's not a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not. He just isn't a leader. He's just a guy out there that fucking throws the ball. Yep. Um, what were they on third down? One of 13? Yeah. Yep. On third down, that's inexcusable. There were eight throws, eight passes on third down. None of them were beyond the third down marker. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball down the fucking field. Mm-hmm. Quit throwing it to C.J. Ham. Mm-hmm. Quit throwing it five to ten yards behind the line to gain. Quit that. So that's the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, the receivers. I don't know. It's a quarterback that just fucking checks down so he can complete 70% of his passes so his numbers look good. The numbers were terrible last night. And you get to the point here, it's like, all right, at the end of the season, I mean, they're still going to be in the playoff race because they're, I mean, it's ridiculous, this sixth and seventh thing, I mean, Christ. Mm-hmm. Whoever the fuck this seventh seed is going to be, the Bears, the 49ers, Seattle, it's like, fuck. But the Vikings okay. should have been in that seventh seed driver spot because they should have been able to beat the Dak Prescott-less Cowboys. There's no reason to have lost that game on Sunday night. They're not, they can't score. They can't score points. Three field goals and they, they score a touchdown again. Their first drive looks good, mm-hmm. and nothing happens after that. The Detroit game, they nothing. Second half of the Arizona game, nothing. They, in the second half, they can't score touchdowns in the second half, and then against Carolina, it comes in bunches, and they still almost lose. So no, it's. And, you know, and the back yeah, first, first time ever, I, I just went to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I don't care. I'm sleeping here. I'm about half asleep anyway. Yeah, I don't care if they win or lose. Just and how and again, how people can get on reading Twitter and all this stuff this morning. It's like, how can you fucking possibly care about whether or not they fucking won or lost this? Well, like, every fan of the team, that's why. That's why you're fans, though, Chris. That's why you're a fan of the team. That's why, I mean, if you... If like, you want to... like, oh, they lost the game. Like, yeah, they lost. Like, have you not watched this team for the last 60 fucking years? Oh, they lost. Yes, yeah. they lost. It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I, I, can't, I can't possibly care about it. I'll fire this, yeah. Fire whoever. I don't... I guess I haven't changed. Sure, fire Zimmer. 
get rid of Cousins, get rid of Spielman. Like, what does it matter? Bring in a bunch of new people and be, whoa, look at this. And what's going to happen? The same shit. The defense will be shitty then. The quarterback will be bad. Something will be bad. I don't know. It's just going to continue to happen. Like, it's it, nothing's going to choke. Okay, fire these people. Now what? Okay. Bring in somebody new. You're still going to not be good. Yeah. So. No, it's it's the the proverbial curse of Minnesota sports. And adding insult to injury or injury to insult, I should say, Daniil Hunter is now gone for the year with a torn pec. So we may have seen the last of Daniil Hunter in a Vikings uniform. I hope that is not the case because he's very, very good. But he's owed $18.5 million here at the beginning of of the new of the new season. He's uh, it's a roster bonus on the fifth day of the league year in 2022. So they hopefully could get a can rework the deal because he's incredibly good. He needs, I think he needs to be on the team. But I mean, also you look at the injuries. He had the neck injury last year. Now it tears the pec um, uh, Sunday what? night. So uh, it's not good. It, it's it's just you shouldn't. You shouldn't lose a game to a backup quarterback, but it's an outcome that you could see a mile away. You could see this happening. It's just like with the Packers and the Cardinals. You could see the Packers winning this game a mile away. I could anyway. Like I'm not. I'm not surprised the Packers won because the Packers do these sorts of things. The, and it's the Cardinals. I don't know. You just take your foot off the gas pedal. Uh, Xavier Woods, the Viking safety, apparently said they were planning for Dak Prescott all week. Well, maybe you should have prepared for Cooper Rush a little bit more. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, if, if that's the case, then that that goes to show that I, I don't know the, the games. I, I I have no idea. I have no idea what the Vikings are thinking of. They're not even willing to at least temper with or like you know. Play with the notion that you might be playing Cooper Rush, which, I mean, there's not a lot of film anyway. It's just preseason. I don't know how you prepare for a guy who's never played. It's like you, I don't know. I, I think they, they get crushed by Baltimore this week, but I think if they could keep it close, I think you beat the Chargers, and then I, I the Packers game, who the hell knows what, what happens. Like, like Baltimore, like they're up and down. Yeah. And we're like... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the fucking Vikings have a 45-yard field goal to win at the end of that Baltimore game. Like, all right, yeah, this is just completely what what should happen. So, I'm waiting for a game not to be, I mean, that Seattle game is the only one that has to come down to the end. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I never remember any team. I don't, I don't know if has any team had the start of the season where literally every game has been. I don't think so. By the way, this is certainly not any other team this season. No, certainly not. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, you know, like the Bengals loss was worse. Oh, that's a terrible loss. Well, yeah, it's not good. But the Vikings aren't playing for anything. Look, they're playing to be a seventh seed. Like the Bengals are playing for a division title. You know, yeah. Arizona undefeated season in a one seed. Mm-hmm. All these other teams that lost, like the fucking Chargers. Like, come on, Jesus Christ! You're playing for a division title here, and somebody went up besides Kansas City. Are going to be the goddamn Raiders that have They're to win this be. fucking division? I think the Raiders, yeah. I think so. All the other teams at least are playing for something. Where the Vikings, the Vikings are playing for... They're going to be the 14th pick in the draft. It's like, what do you do? So the, the Titans beat the Colts on Sunday, uh, 34-31 in overtime. The Colts were up 14-0 early in this one. Michael Pittman, a couple of touchdowns. Carson Wentz looked really good. 
it's like, okay, uh, the Colts are going to hand it to the Titans. And Derrick Henry wasn't getting much going at all. He injured his foot, and then he came back in and played most of the game. Uh, finished with only, what, 68 yards. And then we find out that uh, on Monday that he has a broken bone in his foot. He's undergoing surgery on Tuesday. He's going to be out perhaps all season uh, for the rest of the season, otherwise a very long time. That certainly is damaging for the Titans. But it makes that win over the Colts on Sunday that much better bigger because they because they've swept now the Colts this season they carry with it a three game lead now a three game lead in the division essentially and they've yet to play Houston they've yet to play Jacksonville so Tennessee uh, should be able to weather this I think okay it depends I guess on if Antonio Brown and Julio Jones can stay healthy but also in this game Carson Wentz through perhaps the worst interception you're ever going to see a quarterback. Uh, the, the, the interception that Patrick Mahomes threw against Washington was disgustingly terrible, where he throws it left-handed and it's just like, like a sit-and-duck in the air. It was just awful. Carson Wentz is worse because he's in his end zone, and I get what he's trying to do because he's about to take a safety, which it shouldn't happen anyway. They're trying to throw a screen. They're backed up late in the fourth quarter, and he is about to get sacked, and he throws it left-handed right to Kevin Byard, the Titans cornerback, who catches it at the three-yard line and, and pounces it in the end zone for three yards out. I mean, it was just insane. Now, the Colts did come back. They tied the game up, uh, ended up losing in overtime. But the, this is the Carson Wentz that we all know. So when he plays really well, it's like, okay, you know, like maybe Carson Wentz is turning the corner. And then he throws an interception like that. It's like, oh, yeah, Carson Wentz still sucks. When I read about this, I'm going to defend him, I think. I didn't see it. This was fourth quarter? Fourth quarter, inside their own five-yard line, the game. How late, how late in the game was this? Uh, Let me get it here. It was, I think, about three minutes to go in the game, two or three minutes. Okay, so this, I'm going to defend this. What he did was a good thing. Because you're not because you take you didn't want to take the safety. Because if you take the safety, was it a tie game? It was a tie game, yes. If you take the safety, you're down by two, and the other team gets the ball, and the game's probably done. Yep, I yep, I get it. It's the throw okay. itself. It's a terrible decision, but it ended up working out. This way, Titans score right away on the, on the interception, mm-hmm. and you get the ball back, and then they end up scoring, a, a, apparently, scoring a touchdown to tie it up. So yep. if he doesn't do that... Um, you know, maybe better maybe throw the fucking ball away, not fucking up to the other team. But ultimately, uh, that, I think that decision better than taking a safety because the safety you probably don't get the ball back. Right. Listen, I I agree with that because yeah, he's about to get sacked. It's the throw itself though that is just so awful, and it's that it's that that decision to like not either throw it away or be able to like throw it a little bit down the field towards a wide receiver. It's the decision though to as he's getting wrapped up to throw it left-handed. That's just it's just terrible. Like it's just it's it's a terrible terrible throw. I get what you're saying though. It's better to do that than the safety and yes, the uh it was actually with a minute 26 to go. So yeah, the the, the Colts aren't going to win this game if he takes the safety. It's just a bad throw. It's not a bad decision. It's the, it's how he throws it. That's the bad. That that's the bad. Oh, and then, like the, almost the best outcome there is if you don't get a first down or whatever, 
Like you want to, you almost as stupid as it is to say, you almost want the the defense to score on that point. Mm-hmm. Was it was a third down? Was it a fourth down or a uh, second down? Second, second down. down. Yep. So it's like you know, if you're not going to get a first down on that drive with a minute to go, right. like you almost need the team because if they get the ball back, they're just going to you know kneel and be done. So actually, I think it might have been one one down or one play. I think that was on first down. Let me get it here. As weird as it is to say, like you know, it ended up working out somehow. Yeah. It was first. In, it was first and ten at the eight yard line, and okay. so they must have. It, it, it was shotgun. So he's back. In the, they're trying to set up a screen, and the screen gets blown up. What the fuck is that? It's a tie game. You're at. You're inside the ten. Yep. And first down. Your idea is a fucking screenplay. Yep. Like what the fuck? There's a minute and a half to go. So, well, see, you all... need 60, 60 yards for a field goal. What? Again, with these teams that don't—they don't even try. Third and ten. Let's give it to the receiver at the line of scrimmage. They don't even try. What's Every that? week when I watch these games and this happens, I just shake my fucking head. Like, would you even think, like, try and get a little more room, maybe run it with Jonathan Taylor on first down? He's really good. Just th- throw the fucking ball. There was a Notre Dame in North Carolina. Yes. There was one, um, it was like a second and 20-something, whoever, whoever it was, and they actually threw the ball down the field and gained, like, 15, 20 yards. I'm like, yes, do that. Throw <laughs> the ball down the fucking field. You're not going to get a first down by throwing it within the first five yards of the line. Throw it down the fucking field. You see fucking teams all the time pick up 10, 20, 50 yards. Throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. Like why, why not give yourself a shot? You're not giving yourself a shot with having a, having a receiver here. Here, pick up 15 yards if you would right. on third down. Yeah. yeah, not five, like, six yards. What's the, what's, what's the point of that? Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of college, anything else NFL related? I mean, there, it was just, it, it was a, it was fine. It was a decent week apart from the Vikings. I mean, it's just the Vikings, the Packers, the, the Vikings, Cardinals, Bengals, and Chargers really stood out to me as doing things that they normally do. Like, yeah. it, it's just, that's what it is. Yeah, big upset. So, I mean, AFC, I, I mean, AFC, I can't make sense of anything over there. Uh. I mean, the Jets have beaten the Titans and the Bengals. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, AFC is just a big old mess. So I don't know. It's uh, Von Miller. Von Miller got traded. Oh, yes. Yes. Well. Yes. Yep. I, I meant to meant to get to that as well. Um, within yes, Von Miller gets traded from Denver to the Rams for two twenty twenty two second and third round picks. The Rams are going all in, and I think this move makes them the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, I mean, you still. Half a, there's a big game against Green Bay coming up here in a few weeks. Um, so that could decide home field advantage in the NFC. But the Rams have been made no bones about it, that they don't care about their draft capital. They don't care about draft picks. They are in, a win, in it to win it now. And after trading one of their – it's interesting. They traded a linebacker, I think, uh, Kenny Young, yep. to the Broncos, right? Yes. And, and yep. then – the Broncos, it's just they just trade linebackers because the the whole point of trading Young, I think, was to clear up cap space, and now you're getting Von Miller from the Broncos, but the Broncos are are paying nine million dollars of 
Von Miller's salary. Like the Rams are only on the hook for seven hundred thousand, so that's where the, the the draft picks are okay to come in. And you might say, well, isn't Von Miller worth a first round pick? Yeah, but the 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 Rams are already tied. And, yeah. the, the Rams are already sending their first-round picks to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. So it, it's like we won't hear them uh, draft next year until day three. I, I do I do like what the Rams do with these draft picks sure. because yeah. you don't know. Like you have no idea how your, your, your picks are going to go. Mm-hmm. Your first round picks, or what? Like you just don't know how they're going to go. Right, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. You feel confident uh, he's going to do well, and I feel like Matt Stafford's probably going to be better than whoever they were picked with those first round picks in the next couple of years. I feel like they're, they're going to be better off because of that. I mean, they got Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. They got they got all these guys. Let's go out and win win something. Uh, Bronco fan at work wasn't too pleased, but. NFL trades are dumb, as we know. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller is old. He's 32. Mm-hmm. I don't think he played last week, so he's often hurt recently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, second, third round pick for a third. I mean, I, I understand that a little bit more. Yes. Like, all right, he's. I think he's with him next year too, maybe. But then after that, I mean, you're you're going to get a season and a half, maybe, of Von Miller. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's an okay trade. It's all okay um, if they win a Super Bowl. Like that's it. Uh, they're 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 going the whole thing. So I like I like that. It's also and the, 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 the Titans if they need a running back, give give somebody a six round pick for probably a decent running back. Oh, Crins, did you hear who? I know. I heard the child beaters coming in uh, for Christ. I was gonna say they've signed and him you know, already. It's ridiculous. I mean, really, that's that's your best option. Some geriatric. Come on now, like, <laughs> like how is that your best option? Like, look around the league. Say, okay, what teams suck? What team has a running back we could use? How about Alexander and, Madison from the Vikings? Yeah, he's. He, I mean, he'd be. He'd be great. I think he'd be. Yeah, he'd be uh, great. I think is what he would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be a GM saying, yeah, can I get a a fifth round pick here? Can I give this for some decently pretty good player? Mm-hmm. Can I do that, please? So, um, I'd love to do that, but trade deadline. There are stupid, stupid uh, Viking fans more than anything saying, who's on the trade block? And this like, this ain't fucking baseball, buddy. Right. Like, trades, trades aren't going to happen in fucking football. Deshaun who's Watson is likely to, uh, to stay a, a member of the Texans for now. The, the Texans and Dolphins were close to a deal last week, but the asking price is either too high or there's still so much uncertainty regarding his 22 civil suits. So, for now, Deshaun Watson is likely to remain a Texan, but, I mean, he's never going to play another down for them as far as... Most of us are concerned. Uh, Jameis Winston tore his ACL and MCL in Sunday's game against Tampa Bay. So Winston is done for the year. So it's Trevor Simeon time. Maybe Cam Newton comes aboard um, for the Saints. Taysom, I want to see Taysom Hill. Let's go, franchise yeah. quarterback. Yeah. I want to see him play. I want to see him play. I want to see him start uh, for an extended period of time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it. I don't think he's very good. No, I don't either, but he's going to get his chance now. And then also last week you had the owners' meetings and you had a a fumble press conference as only fumbled can get with Roger Goodell standing up there getting peppered with questions 
about the Washington football team and the investigation and the emails not being released. And he looks like a gigantic jackass. The NFL looks just absolutely horrible in all of this. Uh, Oh, we're we're doing it to protect the, the women who wanted to remain anonymous. No, you aren't. That's just, that's so poppycock. It's just a ridiculous notion. You can, there are ways around it. People want these emails released. There's a lot of bad shit in there that could get released. Congress wants it. I think they have a deadline of this Thursday here upcoming. Um, to it's it's so bad right now that the NFL they just look so absolutely foolish. These emails, this investigation will come out here hopefully at some point. The NFL will do whatever they can. But between this and then the the litigation in St. Louis. The NFL has a couple of major issues here that um, that they are dealing with, and it's not making them look very good. And I, to that, I say, yay! Like nothing's going to happen with the with the Washington team. Like there's this investigation. Why? Is it, is it done? Oh no, the investigation. Oh, by who? Like the investigation was done in the summer. And they didn't release the finals. And what were the penalties? Like, what's the what's the was, outcome of this? Well, t- Dan Dan Snyder for having a, a, a very toxic workplace culture was fined ten million dollars, and he's no longer in charge of the team, at least not right now. His wife is overseeing the, right. the operation. Yeah, th- this is why people want these emails released. They want to know more, like why the penalty was so light. And I think unlike other situations, like with Ray Rice and stuff, that was a terrible situation. Kareem Hunt, terrible situation. The NFL had to eat a lot of crow for that. But eventually they got it right. But the, I think there's, they were kind of hoping that it would get swept under the rug. They're, they're hoping the same thing with this here with the Washington football team investigation. That's not going to happen. Enough members of the media are going to keep kind of uh, like prodding for this. Congress is now getting involved. Not like Congress has other things that they got to do here. But, I mean, they're asking for it because the NFL is so big and stuff. So they're trying to go after it. This is going to be something that keeps staying in the spotlight as much as the NFL wants it to go away. It's not, and at some point you're gonna see. I, I saw, um, I saw Pro Football Talk. They've been doing a lot of coverage on this. They, they keep pressing the issue here, and apparently a source familiar with the situation said, "It's there's something really big in here, bigger than you could even imagine." Now I don't know how, I don't know what to make of that. I that I don't know how much stock I can put into that, but. If that could be why the NFL is so forcefully trying to prevent this investigation or these emails from being released because of this wormhole that's about to open, the, the people who are about to be exposed, something that could not necessarily take down the league, but significantly hamper it for years and years to come. I don't know if it can be any worse than all the other women beaters and child beaters and well you would think that crims, but, yet, but yet women still watch the nfl in high numbers so if those aren't deterring them then what will something in like this could be it that's why they want to protect it so much because of the damage that it could do to the league oh like people i don't think people care that you know all this stuff happens. You and me might care. I don't think other people like the name. My neighbors they don't give a shit that 
they had naked pictures of cheerleaders or they did this. They, I mean, they, people don't care about that. Well, sure. They just, but like only only a third of the country watches the Super Bowl anyway. Not even. Like you know, think, there's only 100 million people. So it's, uh, yeah. So, like, man, people don't care about this stuff. And the, I don't. The uh, NFL is by far the largest sports, the most popular sports uh, league in the in America. And when you say that, and yet only a third of the people in the country are watching it, it's like, yeah, it's not as big as like to a lot of other people. Well, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, biggest... it's still massive. And if something like this could take it down significantly, the NFL is going to try and hide and protect it at, at all cost. Yeah. It, it is the biggest thing in this country. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing, I mean, politics with Trump was pretty close. But besides that, I mean, there's not, there's no other music thing, movie thing. Like the NFL, yeah, if I'm ranking things in this country, like the football is the number one thing in this country. Yes. For entertainment. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so it's, it's that big. It's, you know, the World Series is getting like, what, 10, 10, 11 million viewers? Yeah, not good. Which is more than basketball for first time in a while. Yep, well, that's good. That's but, good. like, it doesn't even touch a freaking, barely touches a Thursday night game between two terrible teams. Yeah, there's some some late afternoon games on Sundays are drawing 30 million people or close to it. So, yeah, the, the NFL, this bears monitoring, and we will continue to watch it and, and react to whatever news comes about it. But, uh, yeah, the, the NFL better watch itself here. Um, but they're going to try and protect it at all costs. You mentioned uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame on on Saturday, and, and uh, Notre Dame wins that one 44-34. We may have seen the game of the year earlier in the day in the Big Ten. Uh, with Michigan State beating Michigan 37-33, uh, they were down by 14 in the third quarter, things weren't looking good for them. And then, you know, have yourself a day, Mr. Kenneth Walker III. Welcome to the Heisman stage. He has five rushing touchdowns from Michigan State. Sparty rallies to win 37-33. Yeah, Cade McNamara played really well for Michigan. Missed a couple of throws late that, that ultimately hurt them. But Michigan arguably should have won this game, and they gave it away. But yet... You have to give a lot of credit to Kenneth Walker the third for what he did in his five touchdown performance. 23 carries, 197 yards, five touchdowns. The Michigan State defense made enough plays late. I mean, they only gave up a field goal to Michigan in the fourth quarter. So they made the plays when they needed to. And Sparty comes away with this huge win against Michigan. But just the back and forth nature of it all, I'd say easily we had a great we had that great saturday what about a month ago maybe a little less than that a few weeks ago this game was the best game of the year i like old miss in arkansas better i probably like oklahoma texas better than this one but the the magnification of those games though are not nearly as consequent like this had far greater consequences this is a top 10 matchup those games had ranked teams, but the, the magnitude, the, the seismic power that this one game had is greater than those other ones. You ready for this one? You ready for it? I am ready. I think Purdue beats Michigan State this week. Okay. I, sure. Like, my, uh, like Harbaugh, I love Harbaugh. I like him a lot. Yep. That's a good year. They, 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 they can't win these games. They don't win 
these games against Penn State or Michigan State mm-hmm. or Ohio State or I. They, they don't win these top ten games, even though they're they're right there. Like I don't think I mean Michigan will not make the playoff now, and I don't I don't consider Michigan State a legitimate threat. Um, well, I think they're going to lose to Ohio State. I think they're going to lose to Purdue. So, and all these fucking teams I talked about last week. Old Miss, show me some. Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Kentucky, can you beat old? Can you beat Mississippi State? Kentucky, no, no, didn't even come close. So fuck those teams. Our team's lost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a good game. I saw the uh, a little bit of the second half. So good win for Michigan State. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they there's some people like putting them number three. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to put them three or number two. Yeah. Well, I'm like yeah, I would. I mean, I'm not. And they end up what at number five, and what the rankings come out is it tonight t- or tomorrow? Tuesday, tomorrow? Tuesday night. Yep, Tuesday night. So we'll see. They're probably we'll see if they're in the top four. I think they're but, going to be in a lot of people's bracket. I mean, and to your point about Purdue upsetting Michigan State right now, Sparty's a three point favorite. I saw that and I'm like, oh, I could bet on Purdue and maybe make a little bit, but it's but no because it's not. I mean, it's not even a touchdown spread. It's a three point spread, so people kind of expect maybe Michigan State tonight. I mean, they they almost lost to Indiana two weeks ago. They should have lost to Nebraska a month ago. So I I don't consider Michigan a, a legitimate team for a playoff. And right, I mean, right now we're down to what maybe six teams. Before this deal, um, we've got uh, you've got Georgia, yep, you got Alabama. Yep, and no one else Alabama. in the SEC. I, maybe A and M can kind of sneak in. No, I don't... no. I mean, we're we're talking. I'm done. I'm done with with the, these these one loss teams of okay. Like with with, with my old misses and Kentuckys and yep. You know, even even Wake Forest. I mean, they're they're not a serious threat. You gotta you gotta factor them in though because they're still undefeated. <laughs> I mean. Or you got but they're, but they're but they're not going to end undefeated. I just I, I wish they would. I thought it, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Right now, I mean, you're down uh, six teams: Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan State. No, I mean they're there. And then if they and if they you know they, they got to beat Ohio State, and if they do that, they got a good shot. But I mean, I mean, I don't. Outside of those five teams, I don't see anybody else getting in. Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Is anybody yeah. other than those five teams going to be there at the end? Is it going to be Michigan State? I don't think so. Is Oregon going to be there? Absolutely not. Notre Dame, they can't get in over Cincinnati. I don't see Notre Dame being there. They're, they're in the mix. I think if undefeated. I think if Oregon can somehow like win the win out here, you have that one loss. They are a factor. They have to be a factor. But who, but who would they get in over though? It I it depends on how the rest of the well, how the rest of it plays out. Like it's tough for me to. Like, the, I think I think they lose at Utah. I, I mean it. Oh, I mean Oregon with that Stanford yep. loss. That Stanford loss. Yep. Maybe the worst loss that any contending team has had. That is almost worth two losses. Mm-hmm. That's a bad loss. It's a. It is. Stanford three and five, and they're last in the in the uh, in the uh, north. Yep. So that's a bad loss. They're, they're there, but if they would have lost to Utah, that would have been, that would be different. <laughs> if it was, that was their lone loss, 
Yeah, they have to win at Utah to have that chance. Uh, we're, if they don't, then then we're not having this discussion. Um, it it it's tough though. I'm trying to I'm trying to like talk about it as you like. Could you you would you take Ohio State over uh-huh. Oregon, even though Oregon beat them? I lost. Well, see what the rankings say. I mean, and Ohio State's going to have a good win versus Michigan State. Yep. yep. They're going to have and a good Michigan. win versus Michigan. Yep. And uh, I think Wisconsin's probably winning the West, so you beat Wisconsin with that, which isn't worth much. But I would say... How dare you take a shot at the Golden Gophers right now leading um, the, the Big Ten West? I would prefer them to win, but we'll see. <laughs> but, I mean, if Ohio State and Oregon are one loss, I mean, people are going to vote Oregon or Ohio right. State. They're going to vote them. Is if it, it comes between that, is just because of everything else, just because of everything else. Isn't that the fun part about this year, though? Because that uh-huh. there are so yeah. many of these teams with one loss already, so we're not. It's all like, a, oh, they could lose again. What if you have a, multiple teams with two losses and stuff? Like, if let's say <coughs> let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan later in the season, so Ohio State has two losses. That won't be Like, right, but. Like to think that Wake Forest is a better team than Ohio State, eh, no. I don't think so. But yet Wake Forest could be undefeated at that point or only have one loss. I mean, you're going to see. I think there's there's a lot that can be played out here. And again, that the the Big Ten East is cannibalizing itself because you have all these teams playing against one another. And Penn State, for as dog shit as they looked against Illinois, played far better against. Ohio State had a lead a couple of times in this game. They probably they, they had a chance to win. Uh, Clifford played well. They ultimately lose 33-24, but they it was a far better effort than what we saw against Illinois. So Penn State's not going down without a fight, but they're not factoring into the playoff here. But they still have games against Michigan and Michigan State. So this is not... Uh, I'd say the Big Ten East this year is more difficult than the SEC West. Because I think the SEC West has yeah, a few more frauds. Yeah, I like Ole Miss. And Alabama. If Alabama would lose, that would open up a lot. If Georgia it could would. beat Alabama, then I think we've got uh, some interesting stuff. Yes, I agree. So, I agree. And well, if Alabama wins, again, if Oklahoma would lose, I mean, that opens up some possibilities. Mm-hmm. But... This yeah. one, could somebody just fucking beat Oklahoma, please? Could Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State beat them in a couple weeks? That'd be great. Can Baylor, can Baylor beat them here or, uh, in two weeks? They got to buy this week. And Baylor, and you get a big win. That's at Baylor. So Oklahoma losing would go uh, a lot towards mixing things up. If not, we're going to be stuck with same old garbage again. Alabama, Oklahoma. I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, you got if they go undefeated, you, you have to put them in. Yes, you, um, you they, do. They got that Notre Dame win, and that's that's very good. It's a very good win. Yep, and Notre Dame has to keep winning. I mean, Notre Dame, potentially with one loss, they have to factor into this as well. And also, I mean, Cincinnati, though, has not looked good in their last two games. They really struggled to beat Navy, struggled for a while to put uh, Tulane away. Cincinnati is not doing themselves any favors with these close wins. They, they, they beat Tulane by 19. It was closer than that, though, in the fourth quarter. I think it was like 21-12 late. Let me get the... Uh... Well, still, Oklahoma beat them by five or six. Right, right. And so no whatever, we, we got a comparable game, and 
one was close and one was was at least a two score game. And they've got good wins. If they beat SMU, that's a good win. Yeah, if SMU. They, uh, what a heartbreaking way for SMU to lose on a kickoff yes. return for a touchdown, a hundred yard kickoff return for Houston to beat SMU in the fourth quarter of that game, forty-four thirty-seven. Ouch. Well, they got to play what a maybe Houston in the conference title game. Mm-hmm. That'd, be, that'd be another pretty good win. So mm-hmm. they've got they've got their best wins to come. So which is good, yeah, good for Cincinnati. As long as Houston and SMU continue to win, uh, that, that, and that, they, that's they yep. And Notre Dame, as long as Notre Dame continues to win, mm-hmm. that's looking like you know, the best win of the season. Them and uh, Oregon beating Ohio State. So. Yep. Yep, definitely. Uh, the Hawkeyes are Where, fraudulent. Where's game day? Where's game day at? This? Cincinnati this week for Tulsa, Cincinnati. Holy crap! Tulsa is three and five. Yep. So that's that was that's more about Cincinnati. Oh, absolutely. So yes. Yep. It's it is all about Cincinnati here. It, it's not the opponent. This is like a, when they go to an FCS school, um, like to celebrate the Bison. It, no, this is about Cincinnati for sure. Pence, uh, Pitt shit the bed against Miami. Looking mm-hmm. at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Done. I mean, Iowa. Good job, Iowa. A real impressive Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, those things, those things are, I mean, Iowa. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And this upcoming week here, uh, not a great week here. Let, let me, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't, there is not a good, uh, really a good game. I don't even think there's a... We get match in action this week in midweek, so that's good. But, like, Ohio State goes to Nebraska. No way. That's not happening. Um, this was, like, a couple weeks ago where it wasn't good. Honestly, game of the week, Liberty and Old Miss. I got a... Well, that, yes, that's true. Auburn, Texas A&M, that's a good game. Auburn's playing really well. That's 12-13. That is the only... Game pitting ranked teams against one another. Um, Boise State, uh, Fresno State could be interesting, but yeah, I like your Liberty Ole Miss pick. I think that that's a good one here. So, um, uh, yeah, UTSA and UTEP. UTEP lost, kind of get the luster off of that one. But uh, UTSA at sixteen, the Roadrunners at sixteenth. Mimi, I like that. Oregon at Washington. Washington, by all accounts, a bad team. Um, I'm interested in that to see if Oregon can just win that one. Yep, got to win it. Not, not be completely garbage. Iowa Northwestern, could Iowa do anything at this point? I think the first um, one to 10 in that game wins. Uh, Gary Patterson's done at TCU. Mm-hmm. We've got Baylor. So, you know, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. But I'm interested in, in Purdue, Michigan State at 2.30. Interested in that one. And interested in Liberty, Old Miss at 11. And I'm interested in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Because North Carolina stacking is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Four-and-four four North Carolina. Favored by two-and-a-half over Wake Forest. It's almost like it's just begging you to take the bet, like put put money on Wake Forest, right? I look, I look at a line like that, and I'm saying North Carolina's going to win that game. Though those weird lines where it's like, this is weird. Um, it was like like uh, Mississippi State was like, I think, a slight favorite. 
over uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, or it was really close. Mm-hmm. It was like Mississippi State's going to win this one. They're out. It's closer than you would expect. That, uh, same thing with Purdue, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Like, Purdue, like Michigan State, with the, was worth a damn. It's their they're, they're touchdown favorite against a 500 team, but no. So, so when I look at those, I think hmm, I'm going to go with the with the oddball team there. So, so I expect North Carolina to win, but I, hope, I mean they, they got a tough stretcher. They got North Carolina State next week, and they're at Clemson, which is maybe the easiest of the bunch. So, but what, uh, what you're saying is expect chaos. By the way, speaking of Clemson, uh, wow, what a bad beat that was uh, with that Clemson Florida State game. If you took the money line here and you you took Clemson, oh man, like just minus one now. Oh, crazy, crazy way to finish that game. The lateral, you're you're thinking like who? It's you would take. You give the points there because, like, why would Clemson? No way they're going to win by nine and a half there. Uh, just like you don't take money or points against the Chiefs, and that play at the end happens. You're like, well, that just fucking sucks. Just, just don't bet. The uh, what? I saw the Rams. The Rams were the, the they're the first team ever. I guess according to what I saw. Rams are the first team ever to have a 35-point lead in a game and then not cover the spread. Oh, wow. They were ahead at some point, I guess, against Houston, 35-0 or whatever it was. Yeah, it was 38-0 at the end of three. And then Houston scores some late touchdowns, and it's, well, I think it was a 17-point spread. Yeah, and they won by 16. Oh, that better be on the I mean, that was... And you think, oh yeah, I got the Rams, thirty-eight nothing. This is easy. We're done. And about a half hour later, you lost. So it's like betting. It's it's fun. It's excruciating. But just go in knowing that you're not going to make any money. It's more of just just have some fun. Yeah, they were that at kickoff. They were sixteen and a half point favorites. They closed at sixteen and a half point favorites, and. They lost. Yeah, that better be on Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. Yeah, it would be. It has and the Vikings, the Vikings ended up being a three-point favorite once they found out the quarterback wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. And they ended up losing anyway. So those those weird point spreads that don't make any sense. And if they don't make any sense, be aware and maybe go with the team that it doesn't make any sense for. Well, so. the, the Vikings, though, that made sense because the, the line, was, it was projecting that Cooper Rush was going to play, and the Vikings just flat out were terrible. Like, I guess before that, like, Dak Prescott was 50-50, and, like, Dallas was still, like, a one-point favorite. One or two-point favorite. I'm like, if he's healthy, you would think Dallas should be at least a field goal favorite here against the Vikings. And ultimately, it didn't matter. So... Those weird, those weird, those weird spreads. That's what I'm going. I'm going Purdue, Purdue over Michigan State, and like Wisconsin last week. Wisconsin, I think, was like a three point favorite over Iowa. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess we'll go with Wisconsin. Yeah. So I, my college picks the last few weeks have just been awful. I got to do. I got to pick it up I got, the last stretch. This was if I if I end up doing something. This was the week that won it for me because. I had Wisconsin. I had Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Whoever else. I, I had a couple picks that were you probably that were not in agreement State. with the group, and that helped. You probably yeah. took Mississippi State. Probably took. Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, oh. 
bear the cross with my Kentucky squad. But I took a couple, like those first two or three games, I took Wisconsin, I took Michigan State. Yep. One more, that that helped. Yep. Smart on your part. Uh, World Series yet to be determined yet. The Braves have a 3-2 series lead, and uh, they, they won games uh, three and four in Atlanta uh, behind some solid pitching. Not so much Sunday night. The series, uh, the potential series clincher is uh, a clunker by them. And now we go, uh, they lost 9-5. to five. Go back to Houston now for games 6 and 7, Tuesday and Wednesday night. I feel like the Braves kind of let this series slip slip from their grasp. Like, do, they, can they win one in Houston? Yes, they've already done it. But, oh, that's that's tough to lose it at home like that. Uh I don't know. Just knowing, like what we've seen from Atlanta sports, oh, yeah. like there's no there's no reason to think that the Braves are gonna win this series. A three one lead, stacking a three to one lead for the Braves. Mm-hmm. They hit a grand slam in the first inning, and if you're a Braves fan, you gotta think, "Fuck, this is our year. This is done. Four nothing first inning. We got it." And they don't, so I hope we get a game seven. You know, go Astros, I guess, but I mean, it seems like it's the Braves here. Everything they've done, bullpen games, they started a guy that's barely thrown any innings at all, even going bullpen guys. It didn't work very well in the game four, even though they won. So they've been doing some oddball stuff with the pitching. Pitching guys for an inning to start the game. You know, it seems like it's their year, but yeah, you, you feel like you should be more confident when you're ahead in the series mm-hmm. than they probably do. So. Uh, and what has really sur- stood out to you or surprised you about this series, other like other than what you had just mentioned? See, the Astros were hitting the ball well against Boston, and now they're not, or they weren't before Game Five. So the, the, the Braves pitching. Like they're doing what Tampa Bay would probably do. You know, they're doing they're doing random things with their pitchers. Oh, they're having a couple of bullpen games, and the bullpen's been great, and it's been working. So, well, the Braves aren't a team you think of, I guess, or I don't think of when it comes to to that sort of thing. So, I mean, we'll see what. I mean, Zach Greinke got what he got a pinch hit last night. Zach Greinke Grink got two hits the other night when he was starting. So. <laughs> Very likely he'll be the last pitcher ever, maybe to get a to get a hit in the World Series if they go away with the uh, they bring in the DH. Yeah. So he'd be the last pitcher in a long time, and he's a very good hitting pitcher. So I want to see a game seven because anything goes, and those are always those are always exciting games where any anything happens in a game seven. So right. we will see. Right. Very cool. I, it's just amazing that he, that Granky pinch hit. <laughs> and he's throwing pit. maybe 88 miles per hour. Like he's got no velocity left, but he's, he's good enough to make that work. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Well, we'll see what happens there. I mean, again, Atlanta winning this series won't, wouldn't surprise me, but there's just not a lot of faith in there. I, and what Atlanta did, like retooling in, at the trade deadline, that's isn't that what Twins fans want to see? Them like, 
oh, we have injuries here, but we're going to keep attacking. We're going to keep building this. And maybe it's because of the division that they were in. The, the NL East was just awful this year. It was so average. But, you know, when a guy goes down, you got to say, hey, we got to be aggressive here and, and make some moves to help bolster our, our roster and stuff for a chance at the playoffs here. That's what the Braves did. That's why they're in their this position. I think that's what Twins fans and a lot of and fans of a lot of other teams wish they would do. But Twins fans especially because like it just they stay impact like stay stay intact yeah. so much and yeah. it's just it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean their moves paid off. They were a 500 team at the trade deadline, and they they were not sellers; they were buyers. And Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler and all these other guys that have been big in the last couple months. So mm-hmm. it's good to see a team team do that. Uh, that's and it's good to see that pay off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll we'll see what happens there. We'll we'll give our final thoughts next week once the World Series is complete. Uh, college basketball starts next week, so we'll have a little bit of a season preview for that. That's exciting. Well, get ready for that. Good. Uh, looking forward to college basketball this year again. It should be interesting. I'm curious to see. I, I want to look and see at all the different uh, divisions and stuff now, the standings as how they how each conference is going to look because it's just going to look batshit crazy uh, with all this conference realignment and we're we're still going to go through more realignment coming up here. I mean, Conference USA, Marshall and uh, Old Dominion are going to the Sun Belt. Uh, got... Um, like, look at, oh, here, they, they actually do have some updated standings. So, like, I'm just looking at the college bas- college basketball now for, like, the Atlantic Sun. The Atlantic Sun has 12 teams, and they've divided up into the East and the West. And some teams in the West now include Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, uh, Jacksonville State, and... Bellarmine. It's just so weird to see these teams in the... The Atlantic Sun. It's just bizarre. Weird. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. There was a team that I liked. I can't remember who the fuck it was. I got to look it up. Maybe you can tell me. I don't, there was a team that was my team this year. I don't know who they were, though, because I can't remember shit. So. Oh. A mid-major? What's, what's the mid-major oh, team? Oh, uh, St. Bonaventure. Bonaventure? Was it yep. St. Bonaventure? Yep, it's, it's, it's the Bonnies. Yep, St. Bonaventure. Oh, yeah. I like them. What, Gonzaga's one, UCLA is two. Mm-hmm. If those teams can play again, that'd be a great fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Next week, college basketball, that'd be great. Yep. So we will have a preview for that. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up the baseball. Of course, there'll be plenty of NFL and college basketball or college football talk. Um NBA, I'm sorry, the Bulls have some injuries going on, so that sucks. Russell West, Russell Westbrook's a prick, so uh, crybaby, he can go to hell. Um, do you see this? Do you see what Russell Westbrook did? No. Well, so the Lakers blow a 26-point lead to the Oklahoma City Thunder, easily the worst team in the, in the NBA this year. They lose a game, and at the end of the game, uh, there's a steal and the guy dunks it. It's like a, the, the Thunder win by six. So like, it, it, did he need to dunk it? No, it wasn't a game deciding bucket. 
But Russell Westbrook took an exception to that. He's like, you don't do that. That's bushly, blah, blah, blah. Shut up, Russell. Then, uh, in a Friday night game, or Saturday night game, against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think uh, Dwight Howard takes a three-pointer and makes it, and Russell Westbrook's on the bench just laughing away, and this is late in the game, and the game's already decided. So, Russell, why is one situation... Like, just shut up, Russell. Just shut up. Great player, but Washington seems better without him. Yeah, I I, I got to tell you, Washington's my new favorite team. Uh, to I, I hope they do really well this year with all the Lakers uh, that were cascaded away in that Russell Westbrook trade. They look really good this year. I, I overlooked them in the preview, and I am, I am admitting fault right now because this Washington team looks pretty good. The Lakers will figure it out. But wherever he goes, things just don't go well. Houston, Washington, Lakers, we'll see. So, my Bulls got a big win versus Utah. So, you know, they lost Patrick Williams, who was what, second year, kind of that that other guy amongst the four other starters. So, I think they'll be okay. So, they lost what they lost to the Knicks by a point. So, yeah, I'm liking I'm liking what my Bulls are putting out there. It's that's good stuff. The Still haven't seen a minute of them, but uh, maybe that'll change by here between between now and the playoffs. I hope to see at least one Bulls game. The Wolves got a big win against the Milwaukee Bucks on the road, and then promptly followed that up with a loss to the Denver Nuggets. They blew a, a lead in that one, so that wasn't great. But the uh, the Wolves certainly look a little more competitive, at least. Yeah, that was great. Early on, but and it's uh. Dakota marker week, so good luck to the Jackrabbit football team. Uh, don't get embarrassed. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, that doesn't seem likely to happen. I think the Bison win this game, unfortunately. Yeah, you would think they're not going to win this one. That'd be a big upset. Should be a nice day for it. Marcus mentioned some read tickets a couple weeks ago, which I'd be interested in. So maybe we'll be up there to be determined. Should be a nice day, though. So, well, I hope you I hope you are able to go. I hope you see a good victory there in the Dakota Marker game. Uh, how did uh, Mitchell fare last week? How they fare? Not well. Hmm. Not well. So the season's uh, done. It was, yeah, season's done. Um, it was thirty-five nothing at half. Hey. It was twenty-eight nothing at half, and they played a month ago. Um, Yankton was very impressive. Quick offense, spread offense. Their quarterback was goddamn good. What was the difference then this time around versus the first time? I don't know if somebody pissed him off or what, but <laughs> this fuck this this offense Yankton had. I thought they'd throw the ball more the first time we saw them, and they really didn't. This time the quarterback was like twenty six of thirty one for yeah. Five, six, five, six touchdowns. Wow. 200, 300 some yards. Um, it was, I mean, quick to the line, bam, bam, bam. Throw, throw, throw. Quick pass. I mean, they couldn't stop them at all. And it was very apparent early. This, this, uh, this was not good. So that that offense was very impressive and for now, me. To and now they play Brookings. Is that correct? They play T. T. Okay. Oh, yeah, because T's the top seed. Number one T, Brookings lost as the two seed to Aberdeen. 
42-34. So that was a huge upset. So we get Aberdeen and Pierre. Pierre's kind of like the New England Patriots to where they, they win all these things. And they just get fortunate enough they don't have to play Brookings, a team they lost to two weeks ago. They get to play in the seven seed Aberdeen. So oh. funny how that works out for Pierre. So sure it should be T and Pierre in the title game, which I very much look forward to because those teams have not played yet this year. Oh, that's good. That that that, that would always be good. You get a matchup of teams uh, meet each other for the first time this season. All right. Very good. Four time defending champs against the new team that should be eleven and all, but they can beat Yankton. So that's usually I don't care at all. You know, whatever. It's high school football. But this this game I would be intrigued intrigued with that game. So hopefully that's what we get if things go uh, the way they should. Very so good. There were there's seven classes in the state. There's a couple of seven. Aberdeen one is a seven seed. Uh, we got a local team here, Bridgewater Emory East, and they're a seven seed. They get to host the semifinal because they're playing a fourteen seed. What? So, so we've got who's the fourteen got seed? More. Pine Ridge? No, Beersford. Oh, come on. It's in eleven B, and eleven B was pretty. I mean, winner is going to win that uh, class pretty easily. Winner should. They're very they're the, the most dominant team in any class, but everybody else, like you could really, really go down six, seven, eight, ten spot. There's there's not much difference. So that's why we've got a, a seven seed playing a fourteen how's in the our, semifinals. How's our so, Tiaspazona team looking? Ah, uh, Tiaspazina. I don't know. They may not be even uh, high school anymore. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> Not not uh, not playing this week. I know that much. Okay. <laughs> I've got I've got that game Bridgewater Emory Ethan against Beersford on Friday, so that should be my final football game, and that's it's only about a half hour, thirty five minutes west of Mitchell, so it's a short little trip. So we got a lot of area teams in the mix. So we should have at least two or three teams. So, in the title games next week, but so, Mitchell's done. So Marcus yeah, will be busy in Vermilion then. Yes. Is that what uh, understanding? Yep. Okay. Yep. Vermilion back at it this year. We got that. We got two volleyball games this week. One more next week, and that season will be done with. So we're at the end of it. So. And then basketball begins. Yes. And we got uh, early December. Basketball begins. So right. you can get a little bit there of a break, but very good. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Carolina Hurricanes stack, and they're killing it. They are. They're very good. What, 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 what brought you to the Hurricanes? Don't tell me that you met a Carolina no, I don't like Hurricanes fan in Mitchell. No. Okay. I would I would maybe get a hat, but I don't I don't care about the Hurricanes. But I saw they were 8 no, so. They are. And Phoenix, Phoenix is 0-8-1, so. Poor Phoenix. How about Florida too? They're eight zero and one. Oh, yeah. by the way, they, I don't know. Did you if you followed this story at all regarding uh, the Chica- the Chicago Blackhawks covering a sexual yeah. assault uh, by a coach during their twenty ten play uh, Stanley Cup playoff campaign, and it cost uh, Stan Bauman, their general manager, his job. It cost Florida Panthers head coach Joel Quen- Joel Quenville his job. He's he's done so. Not uh, not good. And he's not even with the team, is he? No, right? he's not. He had to resign it, it, because of his role in this or lack of their like his inaction regarding this. He he met with Commissioner Gary Bettman, uh, I believe, on Thursday or Friday last week, and then he resigned. 
Um, and this was what ten years ago, right? Yes. Yep. Twenty ten. Ten years ago, I mean, the NFL could learn a little bit from the hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, no real penalties for Washington of any of anything. Now we got a GM and a coach fired for they're not even coaches aren't even with the team anymore from eleven years ago. So I, I like that. Yes, penalize those guys. That is that is good. Good penalization. And unfortunately, I mean, the Blackhawks only got a $2 million fine. There should be more coming because this is bad. By the way, the Blackhawks are 0-7-2. They're not good, oh. just like the uh, the Coyotes. There are two winless teams in in hockey, and they both happen to reside in the Central Division in the Western Conference. Bad division. Bad. Uh, no, you got good. You got good teams. The Blues, the Wild are in there. The Avalanche, even though they struggle a little bit, it's just you got a, you got a couple of bad teams. Oh, in sure, Chicago the Wild and, uh, been with that, so that's good. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. they can take advantage of that. But yeah, this uh, the situation regarding uh, the Blackhawks is not good. Um, but yeah, they, they, they cost the GM a job. They got. It cost Joel Quenville a job, and Florida's eight and zero and one. Like I said, they they are playing really good hockey, and for him to have to resign like that, uh, it, it speaks volumes. But uh, yeah, just it's not 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 good. It's not a good situation all the way around. And I'm I'm trying to get the player. I want to say it was Beach was the the player's name. I'm getting it pulled up here right now. Um, then what are we, six, eight months into this Deshaun Watson thing and there's been nothing? Yeah. It's... No charges, no NFL's not, no, just, just nothing. Well, the NFL hasn't really had to do anything because the Texans keep deactivating him. It's the moment that he could step foot on the on the field and play that the NFL well, would have to do something like put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Like, dude, I mean, it's just, why these things take so long, I feel is just completely unnecessary. Trevor Bauer, have we found anything about that? About that? No, that continued. That's when is that going to end? I don't know. Twenty twenty-five, and the player uh, involved uh, or who was sexually assaulted is Kyle Beach. That's the uh, player at the center of this for the Blackhawks and his career. I think he plays in Germany right now. His career, his life has been derailed by this. So he, like, you can have these penalties and stuff, but some he needs some. Like he needs something to to make this better for his life because his life. So is this, this guy was sexually assaulted. Yes, yes, by a coach. In with Chicago. Yes. Well, that's not great. So. Yeah. So that and that's why, you know, they're you know between you Oops. know the the GM and and the head coach you know covering it up or just not doing anything about it. Now the owner wants the head coach or the, the 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 coach that sexually assaulted Mr. Beach. He wants him off the cup uh, like off the ring like get his name oh, out there. Oh, well, that'd be that'd be that'd be a right idea. Yeah, so yeah, that's a tough situation there all the way around. But anywho, uh yeah, as you mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes are 8 and 0 playing really good hockey. Uh anything else that we need to get to? Should be good, I think. Should be good. All right. Well, best of luck at Fantasy this week. Um, And you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your perhaps final football game of the season. And your final few volleyball games. I know you have one next week. But uh, enjoy those and uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll see what other crazy stuff happens. Oh, yes. There's bound to be plenty. Bound to to be plenty. (laughs) Something, something, Something dumb will happen. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Grins. All right. I'll see you.
Travis Crittens joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Um, so, there we go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot lot going on here. Stupid Vikings, we won't not putting a whole lot of emotion, a lot of attention into that. But, um, yeah, lots of, lots of crazy stuff happening in the NFL. We are going to switch our attention to, to talk more college football. We're going to bring Charlie Hildebrand on. Charlie Hildebrand is going to be on with us every podcast here moving forward through the month of November. We will have him for, uh, you know, when the bowl season comes on, we'll preview that. But it's the return of the game that America loves, bowl bound or not. Uh, we might even throw some when will they in there, but Bull Bounder Not makes its triumphant return. We'll be on the podcast each week in the month of, of November here as we go through conference by conference. We have five conferences that we are going to attack today or this week and then the next the, the next week, the other five, and then we'll do another five again. Uh, whether it's the same five or a mixture of the five, we'll, we'll, we'll random generate it. We'll figure it all out. So we'll We'll do it each week by week here as we approach bowl season. So bowl bound or not returns next with Charlie Hildebrand here. Plenty more else to get to here. We'll talk some college football. We'll get to the week eight NFL reaction, make some early picks for week nine as well. So that's all coming up here next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Travis is on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. The game you all love is back. Bullbound or not, next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and uh, time to talk some college football and a little Halloween as well. And who better to do that with than my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. I just wish I was young enough and motivated enough to come up with Halloween costumes each year. So. I mean, I came up with Halloween costumes, I guess. I just didn't dress up as anything there, there, or uh, enact any of them. There are a lot of creative ones. Um, did you have any trick-or-treaters in your neck of the woods? I did not. I should say I live in an apartment that's, like, in the downtown area where, mm-hmm. you know, there are businesses that are all... I mean, the businesses are open. They're not, like, out of business, but they're closed sure. on Sunday. So... I mean, if you're a parent, you could come here, but I've not had any trick or treats in three Halloweens I've lived here. Okay. Makes sense, you know, because there's only I, there's only five other apartment units in our whole apartment like complex. So like, you can come here, but there's only six doors. And yeah, I think I bought ten. I bought candy the first year. Any trick treaters or trick or treaters. I have bought candy since then, but it's always been all consumed or out. Well, not having any trick or treaters. You know what? That that's okay. What else about Halloween uh, uh, did you want to discuss? I was just going to say. I mean, if I was going to do one, the top one on my list would be. I'm not. I'm not going to claim that I grow like fantastic all time great facial hair, mm-hmm. but I can grow a good enough beard that if I just let my facial hair grow for a while, I can you know shave it in certain parts and do some fun stuff sometimes. If I would have dressed up for Halloween, I would have gone to Ted Lasso and that, rocked the mustache. That is definitely but, the popular uh, costume this year. I know uh, Kay Adams on Good Morning Football pulled it off. There were a lot of Ted Lassos I was seeing on social media. 
Well, I thought I was being clever and creative. It turns out maybe I wasn't oh, as creative and clever as I thought. I, I, think so it's a, I think it's a great idea. I, You know what? Uh, Kelsey and I, if we were to do a, a, a couple's costume, we were thinking of maybe doing, like, I want to do Bob Barker sometime. Uh, you know, and she could be, like, like either a Barker's Beauty or a contestant. That would be fine. The other one, this isn't a couple's costume, but my father-in-law gave me a Kansas City Chiefs bowling shirt. And... Uh, it's it's a it's fairly large, so I was thinking if I put like a pillow underneath my shirt and just have a mustache and a couple of cheeseburgers, I could be Andy Reid for Halloween. Ooh, nice! I like that. That would be good. So that's a that's a possibility for down the line. When when trick or treating with your uh, with your son, did yep. you dress up at all? I didn't. No? I did not uh, because Halloween fell on a Sunday this year. The Vikings playing Sunday night. I had my Vikings garb on and turns out i could have dressed up just in a trash bag and uh been just as good so <laughs> we can say you weren't a vikings fan you were an actual one just you know on hand in case the saxons exactly uh there was one year in college because uh, you know i have this like huge collection of jerseys um that I do. I, I'm I, aware. I no longer wear. Well, one year I wore my Peter Warwick Bengals jersey. This was the year that the Bengals were just awful. So I wore my Peter Warwick jersey and grabbed a Hy-Vee paper bag, like grocery bag, cut out a couple of holes, drew a sad face, and said I was a disgruntled Bengals fan. Nice. So I remember one year in college, we did not plan on doing anything for Halloween, and then just at the very last minute got invited to some Halloween party. And so we all had to like scramble to come up with costumes. Yep. And I remember I had an Eric Crouch jersey that still sort of fit. So I just put on that in Nebraska and said that I was a washed out full Oh, there so, you go. Similar idea to what you were doing. What was and it? I remember the, the best one is I had a roommate who just had like a button up flannel shirt and he just put on jean shorts and tore the sleeves off the flannel shirt. And put on like a tool belt that was in the back of his truck. And it was just like, yeah, I'm just a construction worker. I was <laughs> like, wow, that looks like you spent like a lot of time and effort. It just took you like four minutes to do. <laughs> what was your favorite costume as a kid? I mean, I was a ninja at least four times. Um, Teenage mutant ninja, uh, mutant ninja. Just turtle? a standard just ninja. A, okay. I think I was a teenage mutant ninja turtle probably at one point, but. Specifically, I remember, uh, I think the movie Batman Returns came out and it was like 91, 92, so I was like five or six years old, and that was one year I was Batman, and for, uh, for school, uh, shout out to Lincoln Elementary in Sioux City, we still lived in Sioux City proper at the time, we like went outside and walked to, I don't know, remember where we went, to, then we went to like some nursing home or something, so elderly people could see our costumes and walk back but anyways it felt like a big deal to me in like first grade to be like oh my god i'm not just trick-or-treating i'm also uh walking around town dressed as batman as well it's a little tiny boy so i really like that nice nice what was your favorite can like there are some i'll i'll admit like no going through noah's stash he didn't get any bad candy i think the worst one was arguably like an almond joy and like that's not why well, I'm not a coconut person, so I I don't like it at all. 
Uh, so that wouldn't be one for me. But there wasn't any like good and plenties or banana flavored Laffy Taffy or any of this other nasty garbage. Or like Jolly Ranchers or gum. Yeah, yeah, or like a toothbrush or anything like that. Or um, Oh, yeah, yuck. Ugh. Or bags of candy corn. Are you a candy corn person? That's been a no, big debate. No, I do not like it. No, I should say I don't like despise candy corn to the degree that some people do, mm-hmm. but I don't like candy corn. Because I got to tell you, Mike Leach a couple weeks ago really opened the bag up on this Halloween candy. I mean, he brought up the Haribo gummies, which I'm a huge fan of, and I've been munching on those for like the last three weeks. That was before Mike Leach's uh, interview. But Mike Leach is a pretty big authority on when it comes to Halloween candy. Yeah, I mean, anyone who says that they are willing to say the candy corn's terrible and our nation's ongoing problem of uh, trying to get rid of the, the pestilence known as, as candy corn. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose that's a great segment there from, Hall- or from Halloween to, uh, to college football here. Um, again, yeah, Mike, big big win for Mike Leach this past week. Yes, it was big win over Kentucky, and he's he's a national treasure. I could listen to any of his press conferences all day. Like it's just funny, funny stuff all the time from him. But uh, as we look to the college football season, I would say that arguably we or we had arguably the game of the year this week uh, between Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan led ten nothing early. They were up by 14 in the third quarter. Then Kenneth Walker, the third running back, transfer running back from uh, from Michigan State, said, I'm going to take this game into my own hands. He had five rushing touchdowns, almost 200 yards on the ground. A Heisman-esque performance. Definitely vaults him into the Heisman conversation. But just the back and forth, you had Caden McNamara throwing for a ton of yards. Michigan looked really good and yet somehow lost this game. This was a great game. Uh, and I think a game of the year candidate for sure. What'd you make of this game? It was a great game. I should say that a lot of the early stuff I missed driving back and covering state cross country. Gotcha. But still got caught up to Davidson. I agree. It was a great game. It's it's so nice when, you know, top 10 games end up being close, especially when you throw in their, uh, their conference rivalry games too. So there's even more stakes and emotion to it which is always fun mm-hmm. fantastic game like you said great great heisman moment for walker i think it's going to be tough for a running back to win which is unfortunate but you know he certainly put himself there to do it and, and michigan state is the only undefeated team in the big 10 left yeah i mean i don't know if they're going to be able to beat ohio state or penn state but unlike either of those two they uh they can say they're still undefeated can I ask, though, what, like, this seems like a different year in college football because, A, like, Clemson isn't very good, Alabama has a loss, Ohio State has a loss, and there hasn't been a, a quarterback that's really transcended the game, arguably. It, it's just, it, like, Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati has been very I mean, good. I, uh, but I mean, The two best quarterbacks, really, I would think, have been uh, Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, who yep. started Yep. And uh, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but the Alabama quarterback, Bryce who's Young. another freshman, Bryce Young, who, who a has a loss. Yep. And also, I, and this is not—I I don't want to sound like I'm knocking this. I think there's always a lot of guys who could be really successful at Alabama with the dudes they have there. So, well, I think he deserves notoriety. It's a little 
it's a little different where it's like, yeah, I mean, I think there could be 30 guys that we have at Alabama, but but yeah. you're right. I mean, the last year, I mean, I'm sure there's another couple that I'm forgetting, but you know, I think one of the reasons that Indomitian and Sue at Nebraska was able to make a, a finalist for the Heisman Trophy is that there were just so many guys that didn't have good years that year. Yep. You know, everyone thought Sam Bradford would be great, and he ended up getting hurt this time. You know, Jimmy Clausen and the, the Notre Dame lost way too many games that year. And it just takes stuff like that sometimes to get weird stuff to happen. And, you know, that was Mark Ingram won it. I mean, that was the first time Alabama player ever had won the Heisman Trophy in 09. Yeah. So, I mean, I say that it's not likely that Walker's going to win. But even with that, there's nobody right now I can say that, oh, this guy's definitely going to beat him at the end of the year. Yep, and even think about it, like Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, won it last year. A quarterback didn't win it last year. Uh, and if if a defensive player is going to win it this year, it could be one of the Georgia defensive linemen. I mean, this, I mean Georgia's playing in an elite level on the defensive side of the football. Um, and I know one of their their defensive players is up there, at least in consideration for it. So I think you got to – that has to be a factor in there. Um, it's – it's just—it's very fascinating to look at how this college football season has gone down. What else caught your attention? It, it, that Michigan-Michigan State game, by the way, just to go back to it real quick. And I know we've talked about this in before, or at least I've mentioned it, that I find college football games to take way too long. And its it just seems odd to me that uh, if a game involving student-athletes takes arguably at least a half hour to an hour longer than the professional games in, in the NFL. That doesn't make sense. Do you a, mean, it, let me re- clarify this. Do yeah. you mean it confuses you because you think the pro game should be longer? Uh, yes. Or it confuses you because yeah. you don't know why? No, I, it confuses me because I think the pro game should be longer. Like, if we're truly okay, treating gotcha. these guys as, like, student-athletes, then we probably shouldn't be having games that drag on for four-plus well, hours. I think the student athletes went out the window oh, I know. probably a while ago. I know the NCAA Especially still Especially now, wants... where they can get money based off advertising. Right, the, the, but the NCAA still wants to kind of claim that stuff, so to speak. So I get that's where I was. I was kind of made me more like facetious with that. They just take forever, and it, it just frustrates me. And, the, and I guess we, I didn't talk to you last week, but that Penn State Illinois nine overtime game that was as terrifyingly awful as you could possibly get at least for me it just uh i i hate college football let overtime me, let me tell you stacking i'm gonna say this the overtime rule was great they fucked it up by screwing around with it that made it worse they shouldn't have made it so you only go for two i don't like that part of it I, i'll be honest i thought that the when they made that rule that it was like oh if you score when you score a touchdown you have to go for two after the second overtime. That's well, what that's I thought what the, the rule was. That's what it was before. Right. And then they just changed it to you only go for two, which I think, I don't like that, but that's besides the point. The other funny thing is that while it's the longest game ever in terms of overtimes, it's not even close to the longest game because, you know, the overtimes were really fast. Yep. Because, right. um, I will say, now regulation, I, I watched hardly any I did watch all of the overtime, and this is going to sound crazy. I both, like, was embarrassed and disgusted and also could not pull away from it and walk every second. 
It's like a train wreck. It's just like, wait, wait, Illinois got over 300 yards rushing. And then they have a one shot. We're going for two. If we get it, you know, in third or fourth or fifth overtime, if we get it, we win. And then they're like, you know what? Let's not, let's throw a fade here. It's just like, why, why are you guys doing this? Um, what else stood out to you from last week in college football? Most of the stuff that stood out to me is, I mean, aside from, you know, Georgia hammering Florida, which I think we knew Georgia was going to win, but still looked impressive. Pretty much everything else was Big Ten related. I think, you know, the other big thing was Ohio State beating Penn State in the game that was was pretty good. wasn't as good as the Michigan-Michigan State one, but with uh, Ohio State beating Penn State. I, w- I mean, I would like to see either Michigan or Michigan State beat Ohio State. I'm not going to assume that they will until I see it. Though. Just because when Ohio State gets going in the Big Ten, they just do at a different degree than anyone else has over the last 15 years. Um, so I that would be one. I guess the other one was the, you know, Iowa in a year that we thought Ohio, that Iowa was, was even with the loss to Purdue. Like, oh, they're probably still pretty good, and then they just get smoked by Wisconsin. They're and it turns out that somehow your Gophers are on top of the Big Ten West right. now. And yet, and they and they're out three running backs for the year. It's incredible. Uh, and and somehow so they're going to have to start playing Sioux Center graduates. Sioux Center is in our conference. Uh, Co-Keith at running. Really? Is that what they're going to have to do? <laughs> Good. No more tight end. Move them to running back. Let them churn out for, you know, 95 yards on 18 carries. Well, I think they had like a linebacker or something, a captain, come in for a few snaps at running back. He even ran for a touchdown here. I mean, it's just, it, it's so tough. I don't, I just don't understand how they, I think, you know, this is a team that lost to Bowling Green, but... You know, if Minnesota had Mo Ibrahim, I think they run through that. I am very surprised by hey, your I, Gophers are undefeated against teams not in Ohio. That's so as true. long as they don't have to play Cincinnati in a bowl game, I don't think they have any problems the rest of the season. That is so true. Um, yeah, yep. They, I think they're one and two again because I think they beat Miami, Ohio. To, oh, I didn't realize they played. But game both of, your your point still is is valid that they've lost both of their losses have come to teams from Ohio. So yeah, let's just not play you know Dayton or Youngstown State. We don't want that at all. Nope. Um, no Bowling Green. No Kent State. Yep. Bring on Alabama and Georgia. Those those non Ohio teams. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I don't want to play the Ohio Bobcats. I don't want to Frank Solich's old team. Nope. Can't do it. I, it, it's remarkable, though, how bad Iowa has looked the last two weeks. And it makes me think that, A, like, formerly they, there was a bit of a mirage because they probably should have lost to Penn State if Clifford doesn't get injured. Uh, and yet, when the Gophers go down to Iowa City here in a couple of weeks, I fully expect the Gophers to get trounced. Trounced, like, lose by more than three touchdowns? Or you just mean, like, oh, we lost... 17 to 6 and like a 
game where we couldn't do anything on offense. I would. It could be both. It could be a like uh, the Gophers are lose by three touchdowns. Like can't get anything going offensively. Maybe score a couple of times late to make the game look closer than it really is, or just absolutely get annihilated, like thirty-one to ten. I can't see either of those happening. I, I mean, even with back-to-back losses, I do think Iowa's defense is still pretty good. And the problem just is that their offense is not. And that if, if their defense isn't forcing turnovers, then their offense has to actually move the ball and do stuff against good defenses. It's really hard. If they can't have their defense or special teams basically create three field positions. They're going to let now, Wisconsin get back in the bowl first. What's that? They're they're letting Wisconsin get back into bowl contention and the Big Ten West. I mean, the, the sad thing is, I think Wisconsin's probably in the Big Ten West. Yeah, probably. I would rather it be your Gophers than Iowa or Wisconsin. But I just feel like we've seen this story before over the last decade or so. Yep. You know, when the Big Ten's gone to divisions. Yep. Where it's like, well, I don't know. Wisconsin lost once or twice early in some conference games. Don't look good, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, they they figured things out. They're 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 going to be fine. Now I don't think you're going to win the conference. I think they have virtually no chance of beating probably any of the East teams that can make it. But mm-hmm. but I think Wisconsin's. I would agree with that. Uh, this week, not a great slate. You have one game pitting ranked teams against one another. That's Auburn at Texas A and M. Uh, it should be a good game. Auburn's playing really well here lately. Michigan State goes on the road to Purdue. Maybe Purdue can pull off another big upset here. It's only a three-point favorite. Travis seems to really like Purdue this week. Uh, maybe a Michigan State letdown. Do you see that happening? I mean, you know, they call those the spoiler makers sometimes for a reason. <laughs> it would make sense, you know, especially coming off that game against Michigan. You can't convince me that Michigan State's going to be as you know, amped up and jazzed to play Purdue that they were to play Michigan. Now, I think if Michigan State still plays their B or B-plus game, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, it's a road game? Yes, yes, it's a road game in West Lafayette. Does it say what time it is at? 2.30. I think 2.30 actually helps them a bit more. It would be more problematic at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. where you get the you know the sleepy stadium with 20,000 people. Because I, I feel like, especially at that level, with Power 5 teams, like having opposing fans go and scream that they hate you and that you suck mm-hmm. actually amps guys up to play more. And it's like, oh, now I'm ready to go to prove these guys wrong. It's when they go on the road in the stadium where there's not many where they're more likely to kind of get caught napping. Mm-hmm. So a little later in the day, I assume there will be more people there and a few more uh, adult beverages that have been drunk by 2.30. So. Well, it's speaking of I think adult- that helps, but, but, I, but I agree to an extent that I don't, I mean, I would imagine this game so close to happen. And uh, then it'll just depend on Michigan State to make plays in the second half. You mentioned adult beverages. If uh, Purdue is going to win this game and like they're up, you know, like late, is someone going to throw a beer to a Purdue offensive lineman? I yeah, they should. I mean, has, I don't, he, I don't has know. he landed an endorsement deal yet? Because if not, he needs to. I don't know. I I completely forgot about that. Honestly, um, but yeah, he should. 
If he hasn't, that's that's a gross failure on the part of all of the alcoholic companies. Yes, especially Bud Light, because I think it was a Bud Light that was thrown to him. Uh, LSU is at Alabama at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. This is the first year I can recall that LSU-Alabama is not on CBS in a very long time. Yeah, and also, there have been years that LSU's come in with a couple of losses. People have been less interested in it, but this is, like, the least interesting Alabama-LSU game. I think probably, like, what, maybe since Nick Saban was at LSU and Alabama just wasn't good. Yeah, could I mean, be. it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, with Mel Tucker's performance at Michigan State, does he become the front runner for that LSU job? I think that a lot of teams are going to want to get into talking to him. I don't. I mean, I know he was at Colorado before Michigan State. I don't know where he's from originally. If I remember right, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia before he took over Colorado. So I don't like. I don't know if he's from the South or if he's from the West Coast or where he you know, grew up or if he cares about that. I will pull it up. I know he was on Nick Saban's staff at one point. But, I mean, but either way, I think it would be crazy to not at least have him on your shorts. Now, you know, they may think that somebody else is better than you. That's fine. Because if I remember, I think this is also the first period that I remember, so it's not like he's been lights out prior to this year. Yep. But even with that being said, I, I mean, the way he's turned Michigan State around, you know, unless they just clunk the gear on out and finish like 8-4 or whatever, I, I don't, I, I would bet, if he wants to leave, he can, but the other thing is that there's so much, so much Big Ten money that even though Michigan State isn't the spendiest of Big Ten schools, I would imagine they will be able to very easily and quickly uh, give him an extension unless it's somewhere he really, really wants to go to. Here, here's the quick bio on uh, Mel Tucker. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. He attended University of Wisconsin. He actually was the interim head coach of the Jaguars for five games in 2011, uh, defensive oh, wow. backs coach at Ohio State and the University of Alabama, and he was the defensive coordinator for the, both the Chicago Bears as well as the University of Georgia. So he's bounced back and forth between both the uh, the it's pros and the college. Big Ten and the South. Yeah, but just but even the pros and the college too, um, the college game. So that's that's interesting there. So um, maybe you know what? You know what's second? It'll be the next Minnesota Vikings head coach. Uh, I would take that or um, give me Tucker or Eric Bieniemy right now. Uh, God, it, uh, it's that's such ugly game. Oh, oh. Ugh, I don't even. Oh, it hurts, Charlie. It hurts. But you know what? I. You know what? Whatever. It. The Vikings suck. It's just. I. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what to say anymore about them. I know the feeling. I watched uh, four, five, six drives of uh, my courthouse. I got back from Fort Dodge covering uh, state cross country and snapped. And basically, I would, if you didn't see any of the game or didn't see the sideline, that's fine. I understand because there's no reason for people to care about Nebraska or Purdue unless you're a fan of these teams. But basically, there was a play where Martinez was under pressure and like stepped forward while a guy had his hands around his waist and did like an option pitch, but he did it like forward as a regular 
pass. It was not designed to go on. And a Purdue guy intercepted it very easily. And I instantly changed the channel and never watched any of the game. I just went, no, no, it's going to be one of those days. Yeah. It's a long story short. I, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I know you do. And between the Dolphins and the Huskers, I know it's been a long year for you. And the Vikings and the Hokies, and yeah, it's it's been a rough. Year I mean, even all. our Jackrabbits, yeah. who are good, are not happy to hear we thought they beat mm. through this point. Dakota Markers this week. Uh, do they beat the Bison? I always say they're going to beat the Bison, whether I think they do or not, because I hate North Dakota State. <laughs> I I do think it's not going to be an easy game. Um, I think I, but when I don't mean that. Saying that I think that they're going to lose, I think they definitely win. But it's going to be tough to beat in two years in a row. I agree. I agree, and I do like that it's in Brookings. I do as well. That the injuries. If this team, this team has really battled through a lot of injuries, especially on the defensive side, and then Isaiah Davis going down. That has really um, hurt them. Uh, but hopefully. They can get a win, retain the Dakota marker, get back into this conversation for a top seed in the FCS playoffs. But, it, Charlie, are you ready for game time? Oh, I am freaking ready. All right. We didn't have this at all last year. The fans are disappointed that it didn't happen last year. So it's been two years in the making. It's back. It's time for Bull Bound or Not. And we have a lot of fans across the country. I got to tell you, Raj Esther in uh, New York is a big uh, Syracuse Orange fan. He's like, hey, show some love to the Orange. Maybe we get a bowl game this year. Hey, you might get in, Rog. We just don't know yet. So definitely, you know, hold off. Raleigh in North Carolina is like, show my Wolfpack some love. NC State all the way. So, Raleigh, we appreciate you uh, listening. We appreciate that you love this game so much. Uh, I mean, we have people. Cheyenne in Wyoming is like, hey, can uh, we get some love for the Wyoming Cowboys? Well, Wyoming's lost four in a row, Cheyenne. So maybe, maybe hold, <laughs> maybe hold off a little bit on that. Nice. But I very mean, good use of the rule of three right there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Eugene in Oregon, huge fan. So we have fans all across here. I mean, Sydney in Australia. Good day, mate. Uh, good day, Sydney. Uh, glad that you're listening here. So bull bounder. I hear Frankfurt in Germany. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, thank you, Frank. Uh, always appreciate the 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 love that we get overseas. So definitely. Um, uh, we just appreciate, and I think a, a Beijing in China. Uh, I didn't know we we were over there, but uh, Bay, uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It's her name's her name's Jing, and she's someone. Oh, <laughs> oh, we have fans all across the globe. So we are going to start things off, Charlie, with Conference USA. Uh, let me let me just say right now that I don't know for sure who is like maybe ineligible for a bowl this year or not, but I went through the list here. 36 teams with at least six wins already. That seems very low uh, going into this next month here, but a lot of uh, teams here uh, will, will get decided here, and that, that number will definitely jump here over the next few weeks. And you'll be with us all November as we break down, as we preview, as we play bowl bound or not. So let us begin with Conference USA. And I have four teams here that we are going to go through. And I'm going to start off with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, who are 4-4. Four and four. Here's who they have remaining on their schedule. I have this all written down, so we'll, it's going to be easy as, uh, easy as pie. They have 
Middle Tennessee State at home on November 6th. They are at Rice on November 13th. They're home to Florida Atlantic on November 20th, and they're at Marshall on November 27th. Uh, the records for these teams, Middle Tennessee State 4-4, four and four, Rice is 3-5, and five, Florida Atlantic and Marshall are both 5-3. and three. So Charlie, is Western Kentucky bullbound or not? They are. They're going to win the next two in good thing because after winning the next two, they're going to lose the following team. So oh, they were already banked it. They're like the school that's already banked, but not for winner. So it'll be good that they have that with, uh, after they lose the final two games in the regular season. All right, very good. So I am going to mark them as in. We'll keep track of this and see what your percentage is like here at the end. All right, let's go to Charlotte. The 49ers, 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Did you ever watch Scooby-Doo in the It's the Minor 49er episode? Do you remember that one at all? I've, I've watched Scooby-Doo. I do not think I've seen that one. Okay. I uh, remember the one where they, uh, they they picked up that game and Robin and another one where they picked up the Harlem Oh, oh, yeah. Those are like the full length motion, like the the movies and stuff. I've talked like the the cartoon, like the half hour, whatnot. But I, I know what ones you're talking about here. And the Globetrotter one is very good. It's very good. But the Charlotte 49ers, they are four and four. They take on Rice. That's at home on November sixth. They are at two and six Louisiana Tech on November thirteenth. Home against Marshall in that Old Dominion, 2-6 Old Dominion, on November 27th. So, Charlie, is Charlotte bullbound or not? They are. They are also going to just get to 6-6. Six six. They're winning Game 2 and Game 4 of their final four games. And that's just going to get them in. All right. So, if they're not going to be in going to the last week of the season. But then they're going to get that W. I am uh, looking at the the fan boards here, and uh, Charlotte in North Carolina says thank you very much for putting the 49ers in. So that's uh, that's very much appreciated. There, you're welcome, Charlotte. I owe her a favor. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State four and four. They are at Western Kentucky on November sixth. Home to one and seven Florida International on eleven thirteen on November thirteenth. Home against Old Dominion on November 20th and at Florida Atlantic on November 27th. So, Charlie, is Middle Tennessee State bullbound or not? They also are because they're going to be Florida, Florida International and they're going to be Old Dominion. All right, very good. And we have. So, it helps all three of those teams that they're playing some very poor conference opponents late in the year, help boost of schedule. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Murphy Spurro. In Tennessee says, thank you very much for putting my Blue Raiders in. So, Murphy, you're very welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, Rice is the final team in Conference USA that we have down there. Three and five. They are at Charlotte. Home against Western Kentucky on November 13th. They're at six and two UTEP on November 20th. And home against Louisiana Tech on November 27th. Charlie, is Rice bullbound or not? Unfortunately, Rice is not the, the school with named after a food that is the most likely to go in is the one that's not going to buy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So good. I had rice for supper. Then leftover Chinese we made it into a stir fry. It was very, very good. Um, nice. All right. Let's go to the AAC. So out of the four teams in Conference USA that we went through, Western Kentucky, Charlotte, and Middle Tennessee State are projected to be bullbound. AAC time. 
Let's go to East Carolina and the Pirates. Four and four. They host three and five Temple on November 6th. They're at four and four Memphis on November 13th. At two and six Navy on November 20th. And home against eight and no Cincinnati on November 26th. Charlie, is East Carolina bull bound or not? Well, they're not going to beat Cincinnati. Lucky for them, they're going to be able to beat uh, Temple. And I forget what team. Navy. 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 Or, yeah, they'll be able to beat most of those. I feel bad that Navy's not good, but but they're going to be able to beat Navy. And Temple will be get to six. All right, very good. So East Carolina is bull bound. So that's great news there. Uh, Tulsa three and five, so that means then they'd have to go three and one over this four game stretch here. They're at Cincinnati on November sixth. They're at one and seven Tulane November thirteenth. Home against Temple on November twentieth, and at seven and one SMU on November twenty seventh. Charlie is Tulsa bowl bound or not? They're losing to Cincinnati. They're beating Tulane and Temple to get to five wins. Need that sixth win to get in in the last game of the season? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, pulling the rug right out from under him. Oh, that's a shame. Tulsa maybe beat UC Davis and you would be at four and four. Uh, so, sorry, not sorry, Tulsa. Temple, three and five. They are at East Carolina on November 6th. Home against seven and one Houston on November 13th. At Tulsa on November 20th. And home against Navy November 27th. Based on our uh, uh, previous conversations here, it sounds like Temple is not bullbound or not, but I'll let you be the final judge. Not only are they not bullbound, they're not winning a single game the rest of the season. Whoa. They're losing out. Wow. So Navy is going to take down Temple in the. Okay. All right. I like it. The Owls are flying south. Philadelphians never do well against the sea. So. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Finally, we have 4-4 four and four Memphis here. They host SMU on November 6th. They host East Carolina on November 13th. At Houston, November 20th. And uh, home against Tulane on November 27th. So, Charlie, is Memphis bull bound or not? I feel bad for uh, old Chat uh, Kirk's former favorite team, Memphis. Oh, that was like six years ago. It's Memphis. Like, no, no bowl game for Memphis they're not getting that. No, okay. So they are who would they be losing to in the, so are you you're putting them at 5 and 7 I'm guessing? Correct. Okay. So are they losing to East Carolina or Tulane? They're losing to East Carolina. Okay. So the game against Tulane means nothing. All right. So Memphis, not in. So the only team from the AAC out of the four we went through, East Carolina, the only one that's going to be bull-bound. So we'll see that holds true. I would say if I, I'm, I'm in agreement with all of uh, your picks so far. I think I might take Memphis in to beat uh, both East Carolina and Tulane, but it's, uh, it's kind of dicey here because, it's again, these are sort of toss-ups. These are teams that are on the fringe of bowl of bowl worthiness. So not a surprise there. Uh, by the way, Memphis and Tennessee, uh, ironically enough, uh, we're talking about the Memphis Tigers. He says that they are going to be bowl bound. So he disagrees with you. Memphis, you are entitled to your opinion, but I'm going to go with my good friend, Charlie. All right, let's go to the ACC. We have five teams here. The Conference of Chaos. I am excited for this. Yes, we have five teams here. 
All of them are four and four. We're going to start with Louisville. They host five and three Clemson on November sixth. They are they host five and four Syracuse November thirteenth. They're at three and five Duke on November twentieth, and they host six and two Kentucky on November twenty seventh. Charlie is Louisville bull bound or not? Fair enough. The only one they're getting is, is Duke. They're going to lose the other three. Whoa! All right. I I will I will say for in regards to Louisville, I am surprised that they have struggled as much. I you know granted that game against Ole Miss was bad, but I thought Malik Cunningham was you know showing some signs of improvement after that game, and I thought Louisville could really take off. They've struggled a lot. I'm a little surprised at this. You say that they've struggled and you're surprised by it. I, I, I agree with you. But I think we could say that about half the teams in the ACC this year. Well, that's so the true. The ACC is a whole struggle. That is so true. And that includes our next team, Boston College. Uh, they are 4-4. Four and four. They host 4-4 uh, four and four Virginia Tech on this upcoming Friday, November 5th. They're at 3-5 and five Georgia Tech, November 13th. They host 3-5 and five Florida State on November 20th, and then they host 8-0 Wake Forest November 27th. So Charlie, is Boston College bullbound or not? They are. They're going to get the two wins they need to get to San Kirby, Georgia Tech, and Florida State. All right. Very good. So Boston College. Which is a weird game like, yes, Boston College is here with Florida State. That's very strange to say. It very is. Especially in a way that's like, yeah, of course it's not strange. By the way, Florida State with an all-time bad beat uh, against Clemson on Saturday. Just horrendous. Did you see that at all? The laterals and stuff? I and... saw the end of it. Yeah, it was very strange. Also, this, uh, this is the first time I think I've watched Clemson. Gosh, a month maybe. It's weird that Clemson, one of the best recruiting schools in the country, is is so bad on offense. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it's been well, Dabo Sweeney's got to got to work the transfer portal. He hasn't done that yet, and he, I think, he needs to start. That would be beneficial for him for sure. Uh, preseason favorite and darlings of the ACC, UNC, is four and four. They host Wake Forest on November sixth. They're at six and two Pitt November eleventh. They host one and seven Wofford November twentieth, and they're at six and two NC State November twenty sixth. Charlie, is UNC bowl bound or not? They're going to lose the next two, which is going to force them to have to win the next two to get to a bowl. They're going to beat Wofford. I'm not going to sweat on that. And then, Matt Brown's beating NC State. Gets six wins. It's going to be a rough day for NC State. All right. UNC is in. All right. Now, uh, remember who you're talking to here. My Virginia Tech Hokies, 4-4. Four four. They're at BC November 5th. They're home against Duke November 13th. At four and four Miami, Florida, November twentieth, and at six and two Virginia, November twenty seventh. Charlie, are my Hokies bull bound or not? We got good news and bad news. Okay. The bad news is that they're going to lose the final two games. They're not. They're not beating Miami. They're not beating Virginia. Who do they close the year with? What's that? Who's the final game of the season for your Hokies? At Virginia. Yeah, so they're going to lose to Miami and Virginia. But the upsides, they're going to win their next two games. Six wins, so they are. Oh, that's good. That, uh, oh, that, you know, Justin Fuentes is as good as gone at the end of the year, I think. But, uh, 
Yeah, that uh, that would be good. We gotta get gotta get these next two, Charlie. Gotta get to six and four here, and then um, let it, let the chips fall as they may. How about speaking of those Miami Hurricanes? Miami's playing really well as of late. They just came off a big upset win against Pittsburgh. Miami is four and four. They host Georgia Tech on Saturday the sixth. They're at uh, Florida State on November thirteenth. Home against Virginia Tech, and then at Duke November twenty seventh. So Charlie is Miami bowl bound or not? Miami's going to win three of their five four games, who, so they are. Who, who are they losing to? Is it Florida State? Uh, what were the four again? Home against Georgia Tech at Florida State, home to Va Tech, and at Duke. They're going to lose to Florida State because Florida teams don't make any sense in points. Okay. Very good. I, I, like I said, Miami's playing really well right now. So we have four teams from the ACC who you project as bowl-bound or not. Louisville being the lone one that's not. Um, I'd like to see the day that the 14 ACC teams all go 6-6. Six and, six. and I think this is the year we're going to be the closest to that. Yes, I agree. I, I think we're going to see a lot of 6-6 six and six teams. I don't think we're going to have a lot of 5-7 and seven teams, if any, in bowl games this year. Maybe one. I think 6-6, six and six, we're going to see a bevy of them. It's going to be a lot. Um, I don't think it's going to happen either. I think that one year where Nebraska made it, your Gophers made it too that year, I think. I think so, yep. In 2015. Yep. I think that's the only year that's happened. I mean, I, I know there was one year where North Texas made it with a losing record. But it was because they won the conference, so they went to a world's conference champs with a losing record. But I think that year's the only year it's happened where they've gotten based off the academic stuff because they didn't have enough. So, mm -hmm. while it certainly could happen, since it's only happened once, it hasn't happened in the last five years. I'm assuming it's going to this year. I would agree. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten. I only have two teams listed here uh, Rutgers, four and four. Uh, we've called them Butkers in the past, but let's call them Rutgers now. They host 5-3 Wisconsin on November 6th. They're at 2-6 Indiana, November 13th. At 5-3 Penn State, November 20th. And home against 5-3 Maryland, November 27th. Charlie, is Rutgers bullbound or not? I think Rutgers is going to beat Maryland. And that puts me back. But the problem is, is I think they're going to lose the other side. I think they're losing to Indiana. I think they're definitely losing. The other two were Michigan State and Penn State. Uh, Wisconsin and Penn State. Or Wisconsin and Penn State, yeah. yeah. Wisconsin and Penn State. So, unfortunately for Rutgers, nope. All right. Northwestern is 3-5, and five, so that means they have to go 3-1 and one here over the next four games. Home against 6-2 and two, Iowa on November 6th. At Wisconsin, November 13th. Home against... Uh, five and three Purdue on November twentieth, and at three and six Illinois November twenty seventh. Charlie is Northwestern bull bound or not? I don't know which exactly how it's going to go, but I, I Northwestern's bull. They're going three and one. They're going to split against one of, or they're going to split against Iowa and Wisconsin. I don't know which one they win, but they're going to find a way to win one. All right, because no. they're weird and they do that. And then I think they're going to beat Purdue, and I think they're definitely going to beat Illinois because they're both bad. Okay, outside so, of somehow they beat Penn State. 
So Illinois, that would mean Illinois is not bowl bound, but you have Northwestern as bowl bound getting to six and six. So that's very good. Uh, that's, I think, the upset so far on the board thus far. And I don't even want to ask you about your Huskers because I, I just. It's all right. We can talk about it. If I remember right, they're three and six. They have to win their final three games of the season to make a bowl. Yep. And their final three games are against uh, perennial, perennial underachievers. Awful, terrible teams that never do <laughs> uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Yep. All teams who have not been to bowl games recently. Yep. Known for collapsing, poorly recruiting, and, you know, never churning out programs. Yep. Yep. So, long story short, uh, I was serious. I do not like Nebraska's knowledge. To win any of those games, let alone all three of them. I, I agree with you. I'm sorry to say that. So I didn't have him down there. As I looked at him, I was like, nope. I like you. You just know. You just look at the schedule. Like, yeah, that not not a chance. Is Scott Frost? Then let's ask this: Is Scott Frost coming back for another season? No, he's going to get fired. I I I I know a lot about college football. I'm not going to pretend to know like every every coaching hire and fire off the top of my head over the last thirty years. Off the top of my head, though, I can't think of any coach who's had a losing record in his first four years. And then they were like, you know what, let's bring him back. Fair. Let alone when he's worse than his predecessor. As bad yeah. as Mike Riley was. Mike Riley was the worst Nebraska coach in yours or my lifetime. And many people our age are par- are, uh, their, or our parents are lifetime's age also. And it turns out that Scott Ross has been even worse than Nebraska than Mike Riley. Because Mike Riley went to two games to and Frost is going to get fired. Not going to any. And uh, on top of that, he will have a losing, or I shouldn't say that, not a losing. He will be 500 or worse against every Big Ten opponent, not named Rutgers. Oh, that's tough. That is tough indeed. Uh, final conference here. Uh, we'll go to the Big Twelve, and we have uh, the fan boards are lighting up. Austin in Texas is very excited. Well, he's not excited because he says Texas sucks. Uh, fire Steve Sarkeesian. He thinks Texas is back, but we know. Yeah, yep. He thought they were back, and then after the last couple of weeks, uh, no, that's not happening. Morgantown in West Virginia says, uh, "Can you make any sense of the Jekyll and Hyde Mountaineers?" Morgan, I can't, but I can. Uh, I can tell you right now that they have a chance to be bowl bound, and I think you should accept that and just you know have fun with uh, going to I don't know Nashville or or Phoenix, wherever West Virginia ends up going here for their bowl game. Uh, but we'll ask Charlie here. Four and four Texas. They're at five and three Iowa State this Saturday, November sixth. They're home to one and seven Kansas, November thirteenth. At four and four West Virginia, November twentieth, and home against five and three Kansas State, November twenty sixth. Charlie is Texas bull bound or not? Oof, this is going to be rough because I don't think they are. Uh, they play Iowa State first. Who was the second team you said they played? Kansas. Kansas. Kansas yep. They're going to beat Kansas. Yep. This isn't going to be the Charlie Strong losing to Kansas here. But I think they're going to lose to Iowa State. I think they're going to lose at West Virginia because it's hard to be, to win at West Virginia because mm-hmm. it's a long trip. And Kansas State has just been the Texas killer ever since they've both been in the Big 12. So I think they're going to get it done again and beat Texas. And Steve Sarkeesian's going to be in this weird, like, oh, he's a terrible hire. Like, oh. Oh, actually, maybe he's not that bad, and then things are just going to completely fall 
off a cliff the last month and a half for him. Oh, man, that would be something to uh, see the uh, burnt orange fa- faithful get burnt by uh, Kansas State in the purple on uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I hope that happens. How about 4-4 four and four West Virginia? They are home to 7-1 Oklahoma State this Saturday, November 6th. They're at Kansas State November 13th. Home to Texas November 20th and at Kansas November 27th. So, is uh, Charlie, is West Virginia bull bound or not? They are. Because like I said, they're going to beat Texas. And then even though it's a long trip for them, they're still going to be able to beat Kansas. All right. So they'll, be, so, they'll lose their next two and then win their final two. Ooh, dangerously close, but West Virginia gets in. And then how about TCU? You Just never five. want to walk into Morgantown, West Virginia. Off a long plane flight in a game where it's like, we need to win this game. Right. That's not that's not good. No, no, it's not. Uh, finally, TCU, 3-5. and five, They uh, just fired head coach Gary Patterson. Uh, he had a very long tenure there, over two decades. Um, by the way, Gary Patterson gets fired from TCU. Mike Wells uh, fired as head coach at TCU. Matt T- Wells. Or Matt Wells, I'm sorry. I, mean, I said Mike. I, that tells you how much I... That of how much I know about the yeah, um, much, the, the Wells how much Texas Tech football you're yes, following. Yes, exactly. What was your favorite moment of the the Matt Wells tenure in Texas at Texas Tech? Um, I don't have one. All right, very I don't good. Even, I I know that he was at Utah State before there, but I don't even remember how long he's been there now. You could tell me this is year two or year five, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds right." Well, it's 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 been about as long as uh, Craig James's kid has been locked in the outhouse. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, then so TCU three and five is this a is TCU a good job? I would say yes, but it seems like they've really fallen on hard times here lately. I think it's a good job. It's the, probably the third best job in Texas. I mean, Texas Texas A and M are both better jobs. Okay, I think it's a better job than Baylor. Although we can kind of debate that a bit, it's definitely better than Texas Tech. Or certainly any of the uh, the mid the group of five ones. Although I guess with Houston joining the Big Twelve soon, it probably there's a good chance it'll fall behind Houston right. uh, if if they can get things going. But I think it's a good job, but it's not like a top ten or a top fifteen job. Okay, no, I think that's that's a good point. I was good, and I was glad. I'm glad that you said that. Uh, Houston coming to the Big Twelve because I do think Houston then will be that uh, a better. Uh, spot than say tech, uh, TCU or Texas Tech here coming up, but uh, we'll see. Uh, TCU though they host seven and one Baylor November sixth. They're at Oklahoma State November thirteenth. Home to Kansas November twentieth, and at Iowa State November twenty sixth. So Charlie is TCU bull bound or not? They're not. They're going to beat Kansas, and I don't think they're going to beat anybody else the rest of the year. All right. And then I have a bonus one here. I, ch- I went to the independent side. I went to Army. That's they're four and three. They're at six and two Air Force November sixth. They're home to one and seven Bucknell November thirteenth. Home to one and seven UMass November twentieth. At seven and two Liberty November twenty seventh. And a neutral site game against Navy December eleventh. So Charlie, is Army bull bound or not? I don't know if they're going to beat Navy or not. I would lean towards they will, but that's always tough because you never know what's going to happen when Army and Navy play. But the upside is that they're going to beat Bucknell and the other, I forget who you said, the other one in 17. And UMass. Yeah, God, UMass is so bad. They're going to win those two to get to six. I think there's a good chance. I would say two-thirds chance that they beat Navy. 
to get to seven then. Okay, very good. So let's recap then. Conference USA, Western Kentucky, Charlotte, Middle Tennessee State, all bowl bound. Rice, not so much. The AAC, just East Carolina, bowl bound. Tulsa Temple, Memphis, take a hike. ACC, Boston College, UNC, Virginia Tech, and Miami, Florida, all bowl bound. Louisville, sorry, you get to sit at home. Uh, Louis in the Ville uh, messaged me and said, uh, how can you not pick Louisville to beat Clemson or Syracuse? Come on, Charlie. Uh, so I would tell Lewis that he needs to learn how to start pronouncing his name more consistently one way <laughs> instead of changing it all the time. Well, to be fair, he's from Kentucky, and they don't have the best education there. So. Yeah, fair. Uh, Big Ten, you have the upset with Northwestern getting in. Uh, they'll be bowl bound. They'll go three and one. Their final four games. The Big Twelve, uh, sorry, Rutgers, uh, no bowl eligibility for you this year. Or no bowl game for you. Big Twelve, Texas, uh, not going to a bowl game. TCU not going to a bowl game, but West Virginia will. And then Army is getting in. So bowl bound or not, that's the first edition of the new year. Uh, next week, Mountain West, Pac-12, SEC, Sun Belt, and the MAC. Uh, so we'll we'll get a few more teams in here and see which ones are bowl bound or not. But Charlie, uh, that's the first edition of this year. How'd you like it? I liked it. I feel good about it. I'm gonna have to brush up on some Mac and Sun Belt stuff because I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't watched a lot of Mac or Sun Belt games this year. Well, so well, fortunately, the Maction, uh, the midweek Maction starts this week. So that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Do they play on Saturday the rest of the year? I, I don't I mean, know. I say that half joking, but like it's possible there's only like three Saturday Mac games the rest of the season. Uh, let, let, let's check it out here. Uh, I know the Mac is the one FBS conference that has most embraced the we don't need to play on Saturday. Yep. And they've done this before. It's kind of, I think it's kind of cool that they, that they do this here. Um, there is one game on Saturday, November 20th, Kent State, Akron. That's week 12. Week 13, there are two Saturday games. Uh, that's the week after Thanksgiving. Miami against Kent State and then Akron against Toledo. So uh, three more Saturday games left. Otherwise, it's primarily For Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. And then the rest of them are on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday. Yep, yep indeed. Uh, last thing here, though, I do want to ask you. We do have two winless teams still, Arizona and UNLV. I believe you said UNLV would get a win in their home, their last game of the season. When I asked you this earlier, uh, Arizona still winless. Changing your, your mind on either of these teams? Are either of them going to go winless? Uh... What's Arizona's remaining schedule? Let me pull it up here. Uh, by the way, they scored 34 points against USC. They've only scored 30-plus points twice in like the last 10, 12, 20 games or something like that. Both times have been against USC. So, uh, fun yeah, facts for uh, all you Arizona football fans out there, which I think is like maybe God. 10 left. What was that Arizona? Was it? Was Khalil Davis? Was that the name? Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes, the Arizona yep. quarterback? Yeah, he ran. He was ran. It Davis? Lightning. I don't remember. But anyways, regardless. Yep. Yeah, when. Uh, and now I'm blanking on his. And when Rich Rodriguez Rich was there, yep. it was just like, oh my God, this is great. They're so much fun to watch. 
and then he got fired, and it may have just been so awful since then. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it, any signs of getting better here. But here's Arizona's remaining schedule. They're home to Cal this week. Cal's a 12-point favorite. They're home to Utah November 13th. They're at Washington State November 19th, and then at Arizona State November 27th. It's pretty ugly. I think they're going to beat Cal. They're pulling an upset this weekend. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Uh, carrying that momentum from the uh, the near loss to... From the, the defeat to USC. Yeah. yeah. Or they scored points at least. And then UNLV, are you changing your tune on them at all? I'm going to need the rest of their schedule yep. also. I have it right here. At New Mexico this week, they're home against Hawaii November 13th at or they they host San Diego State November nineteenth and they're at the Air Force November twenty sixth. They're going to beat Hawaii. Hawaii going all the way to UNLV. I mean, any road trip for Hawaii is incredibly far, but you know it's a long trip. Hawaii's going to be bored or not bored. They're going to be exhausted and still get you know tempted by slots and other gambling things in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's going to it's going to cost them. It's costing the Warriors. UNL, UNLV is going to come up with a big gamble late that's going to pay off to beat Hawaii. Have you seen that they have a slot machine uh, that uh, that they celebrate with? Uh, oh, I had, I completely forgot about that. I just was joking saying the slot machine, but forgot that that was a real thing. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I've not seen it live. I've yeah, but I've, I've seen like you know video of it on like Twitter and stuff. Cincinnati eight no. You've you've. Uh, foreseeing a loss for them anytime soon here? I think Cincinnati's going to be undefeated going the, through the regular season in the conference okay. title game. How about Wake Forest? I want Wake Forest to go undefeated. I don't think Wake Forest is going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, that I don't know necessarily who they're going to lose to. Could be UNC I, I, this I week. UNC is a two-and-a-half point favorite this week against Wake Forest. That seems fishy. You know, those uh, Vegas loves those analytics stuff. They sure and do. I guess North Carolina recruits better than Wake Forest because I know some of that's recruiting stuff. They're like, oh, this team's more talented, therefore we're going to pick them to win. But uh, I don't know who they're going to lose to, but Wake, I think Wake Forest might win the ACC still. But they're not going to be undefeated through the conference title game. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, San Diego State lost last week. The MAC has uh, all have losses. Uh, how about UTSA, the Roadrunners here? 8 0, ranked 16th in the country. Uh, their remaining schedule, they're at UTEP, uh, 9 15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2 uh, this Saturday. That's a, UTEP is bull bound this year. 6 and 2. Good for UTEP. They were so terrible for. For many years, so it's nice to see that uh, that they're They've good. been terrible for almost every year that yeah. either of us have been alive. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm happy to see UTEP having some success this year. They host one and seven Southern Miss. They host UAB and they're at North Texas. I, I think UTSA is going undefeated here. I'm going to lose to UTEP this weekend. Okay, they'll, they'll be the that would be their one loss though, right? They're not losing any of them. Yeah, they're not losing again aside from that. Uh, Michigan State are they losing to Ohio State? Let's see, where's this game at? This game is at Ohio State, November twentieth. That's yeah, I don't think they're not. They're not going to win that game. 
And, I hope they do, but I don't think that they're going to. And then Oklahoma 9-0. and Is Oklahoma going to remain undefeated? What's their remaining schedule? At Baylor. Uh, the, they're off this week. They're at Baylor November 13th. They host Iowa State November 20th. And then at Oklahoma State November 27th. They're going to beat Baylor on the road. It's going to be a long, like, hard-fought, super high-scoring game. And then they're going to come out flat, and they're going to lose to Iowa State the next week. Oh, okay. See, I have them losing to Oklahoma State. I think they'll be undefeated going into that game. And then they'll lose to the Cowboys here in what will likely be then a preview of the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. That could be interesting here so the, there's much to be decided there in the big 12 anything else charlie before we say so long um i don't know if i have anything else unfortunately when i had to work uh saturday morning that i missed out on some of the early stuff so i don't have any fun fun extra stuff to add i can think of off the top of my head that's quite all right uh, enjoy the week at college football this weekend. Oh, I thought of one yes, thing. This yes. isn't this isn't great, but just a small little fun add-on is that it looked like Florida might get shut out for most of the game. I was hoping Florida holds the longest streak of uh, games without being shut out of anyone in FBS football since So Georgia almost snapped that to put Florida back at zero, but they kept their streak going. I know. I don't remember how many games it is or when they last got shut out. I know Nebraska has close to the longest, and Nebraska last got shut out in 1996. I want to say Florida's is longer than that. I want to say Florida was 88. Yeah, I'm thinking in the 80s is right. That sounds right. I know it's been a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's still going. It is. Uh, Good job, Georgia defense. Good job. Way to give up a touchdown. My goodness. You know what? Yeah, yeah, it's in the fourth quarter. I mean, geez. Yeah. In a blowout game, resting your starters because there's bigger fish to fry. Come on, Georgia. Come on. <laughs> bigger fish to fry. Bigger gators to fry is maybe more what it's like. They got yeah, big game hunting. Boy, did they fry them this weekend. Maybe they're, they're, it's more big game hunting that they got to do. I think they got to take down an elephant. That's not good. That's poaching. We don't want to do that at all. All right. No, but we're, we are okay with them taking down, uh, like, hurricanes or tornadoes or oh, right. rims and dives. Right. For sure. For sure. Definitely. All right, Charlie, I always appreciate it, my friend. I look forward to talking with you next week. We'll tackle a few other conferences and uh, continue to to move along here in the college football season. It, it's, it's go time now. It's crunch time. We're in November. That's right. Thanks for having me on. I always like talking college football with you, Stack. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. I always appreciate the time as well. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yep, see you later. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to... Join me here for that hour. Great stuff at Bullbound or not. Uh, back, like I said, the, the people love it. Rochester uh, in uh, in New York, kind enough to, to send some some good words. And, yeah, the message board's lighting up. All these people. So, very good. So, again, Charlie, Western Kentucky, Charlotte, Middle Tennessee State, East Carolina, Boston College, UNC, Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida, Northwestern, West Virginia, and Army are all Bowl bound. So that would put it then at 36 right now. So yeah, 40, I got 45, 47. So many more teams left to go uh, as we reach. And that's not including the five win teams. and not doing that. We're just going with the four and four and some three and five. So 
Uh, we'll we'll take care of the other conferences next week. But coming up next here, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at Week Eight in the NFL. Make some picks for Week Nine. Char- uh, follow, follow Charlie on Twitter at ce Hildebrand. He watches a lot of movies, does some cool commentary and stuff. So uh, that's a fun follow there for his his movie critique. So that's very good there. Uh, but again. Follow Charlie on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Coming up next, we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with some NFL talk. More NFL talk. Coming up next here. Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. All right, we wrap up this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast, as we always do during football season with a look back at the previous week in the NFL, make some early picks for the following week. So we're going to go back to week eight. What a Thursday night game. All the hype building up for this game and the Packers down through their top three wide receivers. How are they going to win? Well, again, for those of us who know Aaron Rodgers and know the Packers, those those Cardinal fans out there, you could just see this one coming a mile away. The Packers win 24-21. The Cardinals uh, had a chance to win the game late. Kyler Murray threw a pass to A.J. Green, went behind. He didn't even look for it. It was intercepted, and the Packers improbably win with an improbable 24-21 win. Again, the Cardinals should have won this game. It should have been easy given how shorthanded the Packers were due to COVID-19, and they didn't. Bad loss for the Cardinals. What a win for Green Bay here on Sunday. Then the Lions remain the only winless team in the NFL. They get trounced by the Philadelphia Eagles 44-6. Jalen Hurts didn't have a touchdown in this game. Quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Howard had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Boston Scott had a couple of rushing touchdowns. The Eagles ran the ball. Nick Sirianni's listening to you, Eagles fans. What an abomination of a game by the Detroit Lions. In Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills uh, took a while to get going offensively. Not until the second half did they really start making their move. They beat the Miami Dolphins, though, 26-11. Josh Allen had a decent game, especially in the second half. But the Bills get the win. Miami's now lost seven straight. What a game for the New York Jets and backup quarterback Mike White. It was the week of the backup quarterback. Mike White throws for over 400 yards as the Jets come back from trailing 31-20 against the Bengals to beat Cincinnati 34-31. Very questionable uh, unnecessary roughness penalty called against the Bengals cornerback Mike Hilton, lowering the helmet on uh, on Jets court, uh, running back Michael Carter. Probably shouldn't have been called a penalty, but it pretty much ended any chance the Bengals had of winning the game and a big letdown for the Bengals after their big win against Baltimore the previous week. San Francisco 49ers beat the Chicago Bears 33-22. Jimmy Garoppolo, a couple of rushing touchdowns in this one. Had a nice uh, Debo Samuel, another monster game for the 49ers. Justin Fields played actually pretty well for the for the Chicago Bears. Had over 100 yards rushing, but the Bears just didn't have enough, and the 49ers take him down 33-22. Uh, the... Atlanta Falcons, everyone was high on them. And then you get the news that Calvin Ridley wasn't playing in this one. He's going to step aside from football for a little while to focus on his mental health, and we certainly wish him well in that regard. Maybe that was why the Falcons were a little flat. Who knows? The Carolina Panthers snapped their four-game losing streak. They beat Atlanta 19-13. to Sam Darnold had to leave this game with a concussion. P.J. Walker finished the game. Chuba Hubbard with a touchdown in this one for the Panthers. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 15-10 despite losing their kicker, Chris Boswell, in the second quarter to a concussion after a fake field goal. Uh, Jarvis Landry was the GOAT in this one for the Browns. Couple of drops, uh, fumble that negated or that I mean, ended a drive 
for the Browns that was in Pittsburgh territory. Not a good game for him. Baker Mayfield did play, played fairly well, but injuries are just continuing to decimate the Cleveland Browns here, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get the big win, 15-10. No one is stopping the Rams right now. Matthew Stafford, a big game through the air. Cooper Cup, another monster day receiving. Darrell Henderson, a big day rushing the football. The Rams score the first 38 points in the game against Houston. Houston scores 22 points in the fourth quarter. Covers. They were uh, the Rams finished closed at kickoff, 16 and a half point favorites. They only win by 16. And you thought that that 38 points was just a foregone conclusion. Not so much. Titans beat the Indianapolis Colts 34-31. Indianapolis started really hot in this game. Michael Pittman a couple uh, receiving touchdowns from Carson Wentz right away. 14-0 Colts. Derrick Henry gets hurt in this one, hurts his foot. He did play the majority of the game. Find out now that he has a broken foot and he is out for at least a couple months, maybe the whole season. We'll see how he recovers. But the Titans battled back in this one. A.J. Brown had a nice game again. They had a pick six that put them up 31-24. The Colts rallied, made 30 or tied it up at 31, but the Titans win in overtime, win 34-31, and now for all intents and purposes has a have a three-game lead over the Colts. Really four. I mean, the six to two, three five. They they swept the season series with the Colts. Uh, it's going to be really tough for Indianapolis to come back, and we'll see if Tennessee can hold on despite losing Henry for the foreseeable future. Seattle Seahawks beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7. Geno Smith, a good game in this one. Formed the Jaguars still winless on U.S. soil this year. The Patriots beat the uh, the L.A. Chargers 27-24. Justin Herbert looked bad against the Patriots last year in that 45-0 beatdown. He didn't look great in this one either. The, the Patriots defense had a pick six in this one. Really stymied the, the Chargers offense largely for most of the game. And the, the, the Patriots now improved to 4-4. and Watch out for New England. They're starting to pick it up right now at the right time. They beat L.A. 27-24. Boring game in Denver. The Broncos beat well, the Washington football team 17-10. Teddy Bridgewater, okay. Uh, Jerry Judy came back. Four catches, 39 yards, whatevs. Uh, Washington is just not very good, but... Not not the not a great game. Pretty boring all the way around, but Denver snaps their four-game losing streak and proves to four and four on the year. The big game uh, between Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. The Saints clearly have Tom Brady's number, at least in the regular season, as he's now lost all three games to the Saints since joining Tampa Bay. Uh, bad news for the Bucs in this one. Jameis Winston got tackled. A bit of a horse collar, and I didn't think it was that flagrant or anything like that but uh he tore his acl and has some mcl damage so he's done for the year trevor simeon comes in plays pretty well in in relief again it was the week of the backup quarterback and then a pick six by the saints seals the deal in this one as they beat the buccaneers 36 to 27 we talked about the embarrassment that the of that the minnesota vikings are the scary bad look that they had losing 20 to 16 to cooper rush and the dallas cowboys uh, Vikings scored a touchdown on their opening drive, and the offense did nothing after that. One for 13 on third down, absolutely despicable, deplorable. Uh, this is a team that looks like it's going nowhere, and Mike Zimmer may indeed be fired as a result, and we can look back to this game as the reason why. In the Monday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the New York Giants 20-17. to Once again, the Chiefs did not look very good in this one. A lot of penalties, multiple turnovers. Travis Kelsey with a fumble. Patrick Mahomes with another uh, deflected interception. Chiefs offense needs to be better. Uh, it's not going to get any easier. In fact, their schedule gets incredibly hard after this one, but they do get the win here to go to 20-17. and 17. Now let's go to Week 9 in the NFL. Starts off Thursday night with uh, 
game between the Indian, the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Listen, Mike White looked very good last week for the Bengal, or for the Jets against the Bengals. The Colts' defense is pretty good, though. The Colts are desperate for a win. I think the Colts narrowly beat the Jets in this one. I, I'll give the Jets a, a much better chance in this one than I was initially, but we'll take the Colts to get the win. New Orleans Saints or the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. It is the All Purple game, and with Daniil Hunter now out for the year for the Vikings, after coming off that loss, this is a great game to show what kind of character this team has. I'm not, I think Lamar Jackson is going to run wild on him. I got the Ravens big over the Vikings here. Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. With the way Trevor Simeon looked, that defense was flying around. I just don't think the Falcons have what it takes to go into New Orleans and get the W. Give me the Saints to beat Atlanta. Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Some big news coming out of Vegas uh, regarding wide receiver Henry Ruggs. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, the Giants looked good. The Raiders have had a couple weeks. I think they're playing better football right now. Give me. We'll see what happened here that i'll take the raiders but i don't say that with a great deal of confidence giants have been playing a lot tougher uh oh what a what a disgustingly bad football game this is the one win texans against the one win dolphins 1 p.m eastern and central time on fox i'll take two and the dolphins they're way better than the texans but oh ugly 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 buffalo bills at the jacksonville jaguars 1 p.m eastern and central time on cbs rematch of the wild card game from a few years ago uh, the Jaguars, lots changed since then. You know what won't change? Them losing at home. Buffalo Bills all day and expect a lot of Buffalo fans there in Jacksonville. Battle of Ohio, a huge battle of Ohio. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. They're looking to bounce back after that bad loss to the Jets. The Browns looking to bounce back too. A lot of uh, consternation around OBJ and him, you know, wanting out and whatnot. So, feels like the 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 ceiling's kind of crashing in, or the roof's crashing in on the Brown season. We'll see what kind of fight they have in this one. Uh, but give me the Bengals to beat Cleveland. New England Patriots at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Give the Panthers a good chance in this one, but the way New England's playing lately. I got to go with the Patriots. Give me them to take down Carolina. Denver Broncos at the Dallas Cowboys, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Okay. I mean, Dak's going to play in this one. Denver just traded Von Miller to the Rams. I don't like the Broncos' chances at all in this one. Give me, uh, in the Western Showdown, give me the Cowboys over Denver. LA Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS Eagles played very well against Detroit. The Chargers are reeling, having lost two in a row, but the Chargers, I think, get it done against that Eagles defense. Give me the Chargers over the Eagles in a high-scoring affair. Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. This game looked so good when the schedule came out in May. Now, not so much. Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams back in company. Roll against that terrible Kansas City Chiefs defense. The Packers win this one big over Kansas City. Then the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Cardinals bounce back from that bad loss against Green Bay last week. They'll take down Jimmy G and the 49ers here. And then we have uh, 
on Sunday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans at the LA Rams, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. No Derrick Henry for the Titans. It's going to be a new look for them. Adrian Peterson's with them. We'll see how they do, but I, the Rams, Von Miller looking to show what he's got in yellow and blue now. I like the Rams big over the Titans here. And then Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Steelers are playing good right now. A little scared of them. I had a bet that they weren't going to make the playoffs. We'll see how it shapes out. I think There's a lot of season left to be played, but uh, the Steelers are better than the Bears. I think they give Justin Fields all sorts of fits. Give me the Steelers big in this one. And those are your Week 9 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the Stack Attack uh, in the Stack stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, you can always find us on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Also, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Follow Travis on Twitter at Travis Crins. Follow Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at CE Hildebrand. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. It is November. It's a big month. It's two months left until 2022. So let's let's just hurry up and get there. But enjoy the football this weekend. Uh, we'll next week we'll have the big college basketball preview. Charlie will be back for more bull bounder knots. Great that we brought that back again with the first installment this year. Always enjoy doing that, and the fans all across the world love bull bounder knot as well. So appreciate all of them listening, and uh, hope you tune in next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast College Basketball Preview World Series Reaction more bull bound or not in college football and of course NFL talk as well so for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast uh, I'm Nathan Stacken saying thank you so much for listening Charlie and Travis, Nathan uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast have a great week everyone